Hello, everyone. This is Molly from the Casually Molly Podcast, and I just wanted to introduce you to my friends at the Natty Cat. This one is for you cool cats and kittens who can't get enough of wordplay and fur babies. The Natty Cat's natural soy candles feature inventive scent combinations and glass jars with clever kitties on the labels. Hand purred with locally sourced natural soy wax, the Natty Cat's candles woodwicks create a cozy fireside crackling sound, perfect for curling up on the couch. Remember, for all of your candle and scented oil needs, please visit our friends at the Natty Cat either on Facebook or Instagram. Have you ever wanted to? Get your shit together. Scrap it, look through the lens and capture it. But first world problems are getting you down. Disabled, salty, need an app to fix that frown. <laughs> well, you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. While she drops another casual line. You're tuned into Casually Molly with Molly and Bergie. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. Remember that we have a new episode, both on audio and video, each week. And remember to casually subscribe and let us know which episodes that you're liking. But speaking of likable people, let's give a round of applause for Scott James. How are we today? <laughs> I'm living a waking nightmare. How oh, are you? <laughs> oh, I'm doing well. So how's your day been, Scott? What's happening? Uh, it's been pretty hardcore. Uh, <laughs> I know we've, t- we've talked about this at the Funny Bone. Yes. But I'm remodeling my bathroom. Okay. And... Uh, I'm going to pretend like I know nothing. So you tell everybody else. Oh, what's Jesus happening. Christ. It's, <laughs> it's ruining my fucking life. There's so much to this story, too, because I only have one bathroom in my house. Oh, okay. And I got my wife and my kid. And it's, you know, it, it'd be different if it was like a little paint, maybe some new tile. Like we can all, you know, Dude. rough it for a weekend mm-hmm. while, you know, things dry and set up. But and a all bathroom's intense. Yes. It's okay. So it didn't just need, I knew it was going to be a problem because I had subfloor that was bad. I, I mean, it's everything. So I was going to, t- I mean, it went all the way back down to the studs yeah. only to realize that everything inside the walls was also bad and needed <laughs> replaced. Because I thought it was just like, I don't know, man, you guys like just walk out of the shower, just like dripping wet and like, I, I don't know, just playing. <laughs> like, that's what, but no, I had like, leaky pipes and shit like that like every time you took a shower it like you it would drip into the basement so i was like okay oh God, this is really that i didn't know yeah mm-hmm. so it, it turned into so i sent them to uh los angeles to visit uh my wife's brother-in-law lives okay. out, or my my brother-in-law my wife's brother you get where i'm coming yes from. i got it I got uh it. he lives out there <laughs> And be like, it's, it'll be a good opportunity. Send them on a train. They got a sleeper car. And shit. Oh, I, yes. I remember hearing about uh, this. Yes. Yeah. Southwest quit on me. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on with that company. <laughs> uh, but whatever. I hope their whole corporate office burns to the ground. Anyway. So I sent them out there. because I was like that, you know, for like, originally it was like a week. I was like, oh. I'll get this done in a week. No. How's it? Well, because the pictures so, looked rough. So that's what I was like. <laughs> it's intense, man. 
So here's here's the so my day job, like I do floors, I do tile mm. and carpet and all, you know, all different types of floors. So a lot of this is in my wheelhouse, but a lot of this shit I'm doing for the first time. Yeah. And it's not just like, like if you gave me like, if I had the materials and stuff, like I could, like I could frame a wall, I could do drywall. Yeah. I've seen it mm-hmm. done a lot of times, a couple of times I've done it here and there, fixed walls and stuff. Uh, but this is not that. This is like retrofitting everything and... I, it it just like a avalanche of problems. As soon as I <laughs> as soon as I started digging into the walls, I was like, I mean, it was a nightmare scenario of problems. So they've been gone for two weeks now, and they're nice. coming back. I'm not gonna make it, by the way. There's not a chance on the <laughs> bathroom for them to. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so bad. I've been living. I mean, it, it's. I don't even know. It's just now getting to the point where. It's starting to look like a bathroom again. Like I've got tile on the wall, tile on the floor, but it's all like okay. in construction. Uh, well, at least there's that. You got over that hump. So. I got I got a guy helping me with the plumbing and electrical because I I figure like anything else goes wrong and I can pretty well get it. But if I flood or burn down my house, <laughs> it's probably probably not going to be able to bounce back from that. I just love when people are doing construction. Like I got a guy helping me, but like. Here, here's what's happening now. <laughs> like, well, check like, this out. It's a bathroom. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what sucks is like he can work in there or I can work in there. Yeah. So, you know, he comes in and is like, he's got to go back and forth between the basement. And, the, and I'm just like, you want me to hand you tools or something? Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's such a mess. And, uh. Just add it to 2020 of things that are a mess. Well, yeah. Oh, year. my, what was fucking me? You know, with my, <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's not fun, but I'm also not going to like. He's got the time now, so there you go. Well, there's, no, I don't. I've been working this whole time. Well, me I too. To <laughs> I had to take the time off of work. That's that's what's crazy no, about this I whole know. thing. And there's no mm. way I was going to be able to do this shit with them in the house. So oh, my house, fair. what you were saying about Jimmy's house. Fuck, I, yep. bless yep. you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't. I can't remember now if you said that on mic. Actually, I know. I well, I uh, meant I, well. We were standing at the mic, and you were talking about like how intense it is. And I was like, oh, I get it because when I first started dating my boyfriend, he moved in. He had this house, and then he bought the house next door because you guys both live in St. Peter's, or you're in yeah, O'Fallon. I'm in O'Fallon. Yeah. O'Fallon. So kind of like around that area. And I remember he moved into the new house, and we were gonna go visit my family for the first time, like the night before when when he moved in. And I had to go use the restroom. And he's like, oh, well, like, side note, <laughs> there, uh, there isn't a restroom to use. I mean, there's, like, um, there's a, a urinal floor, downstairs. There's a floor in the basement. Oh, Mike, I was just, like, either I'm going outside. And so I just remember, like, standing in the tub. And I was like, wow, like, I must be really dedicated to this relationship. Yeah. Because I was just talking about earlier how I need organization. So this kind of threw that off. <laughs> uh, yeah, my house, my entire house is a construction site because it's, I kind of did it. I sort of half-assed did it upright where I was like, I'm moving, not all the living room furniture, but I'm moving everything out of the living room because uh, that's the closest, biggest area. And I'm rolling out like all kinds of flooring protection, yeah, old carpet scraps and stuff like that. And you've so, got the experience. So I can kind of fuck it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and just let it go raggedy. And it just looks like a construction site. And when I'm done, I'm just going to roll all that shit up. <laughs> Uh, and then have to swiffer and dust and all that stuff because you don't realize how much dust you're throwing around when you're doing that stuff. So I've I've been living in absolute like 
I don't know. Yeah, the bathroom situation's been weird. The guy, uh, the guy helping me with the plumbing and stuff, like, because I did some work for him, mm-hmm. and I was working on it, and he didn't have a bathroom either. And I was like, "Where do you, uh, where do you want me to pee?" And he's Twins. like, "There's a, <laughs> there's a sink in the basement." I'm like, "Oh, okay, okay, I get it. It's easy when you're a dude." Uh, so he came to my house and worked, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, where do you want me to pee?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't have a sink in the basement." <laughs> uh, I've had a couple, man, I've had a couple, uh, not to get too graphic about it, but you know, people can use kitty litter too. That's all I'm trying to tell. <laughs> I mean, it works the same. You I wouldn't mean, know the difference. <laughs> I mean, unless you got a real mess on your hands, then you probably probably need to go to Quick Trip. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, meet Will O'Donnell there at the Quick Trip, so that was probably an inside joke with the yeah, if I, comedy yeah, uh, scene. Sorry right. about that. <laughs> I feel like if I do run, run into him at a Quick Trip, I'm going to be a little bit like, really, guy? This really? really? <laughs> just hang out here? Well, he's doing, so to give a background, there's a gentleman here in St. Louis named Will O'Donnell. He's also a St. Louis-based comedian, which Scott is too. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. We just like jumped right in. But he has a joke about quick trips. It's something he's known for now. And so I love that he does those live streams now, like live yeah. the quick trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really branding himself. You know what's funny? Yeah. And this is, this is, uh... Like when Will started and he started doing that quick trip material. Like I have quick trip jokes too. And uh, I just stopped telling them. (laughs) I I never even considered it. And I saw Will do it. It did really well. And I was like, man, I should have never stopped. I got no no claim to... My quick trip material now. I just gotta. I just gotta let it go. Well, you have the Circle K. Maybe you can come up with something. There. No, that's, <laughs> no. <laughs> I would never. I mean, I'm not. Uh, quick trip is really like it, it's. I, I hate to say high end, but. <laughs> Listen, it's it's nice. I I've will never say. felt safer. No, I, I ever, okay. So not to be like a single girl by myself, but like any time, like when I live in the city, so. I've gone to like everything, like BP things, anything like that. But it is there is something about a quick trip, like going in there, all yeah. the lights are on. Like if I'm hungry, I can like grab a wrap if I want. Everybody's always in a good mood when I go in, and it's it's never seems to be an inconvenience. Versus I got yelled at at a BP once because my so sometimes in our comedy gigs, which we'll get into in a second, I did. I forget which show I did, but it was like probably like a bar show, and they paid in cash, but all the money was in a cigar box. So obviously like some of the money was like a little wet or just had moisture on it. So this guy was like, where did you get this $5 from at this BP? And it's not sponsored by BP, this podcast. So I can tell the story freely and talking about the brand, but he was just like, did you steal this from somewhere? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm a comedian. And I, I, I got paid and I got paid. It Where just, would you have stolen it from? That it got wet. Like. I, I was just like, and it was also kind of rainy outside. And you know, like you're doing a million things. So I stuck it in my back pocket and I was just like, oh, you know, I might as well just use this cash and just put some gas in my tank rather than like taking more money. I don't know. And so I just remember being yelled at for the, it was just so embarrassing. And like this guy came out afterwards and was like, I saw everything went down. I'm so sorry. But then I go to a quick trip and these things never happen. So yeah, don't take, don't give a shit. <laughs> That thing could be dripping wet. They're like, mm, oh, whatever. Is, it's money. Cash is king, baby. I know. Now in these times, I don't use as much anymore. I've never. For... My wife and I have this conversation all the time because there's a Hux really close to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'm like stopping oh, to I get beer, I, the or Hux I gotta you're go. You're talking about, yeah. I've never. Hux is the Walmart of gas stations. I've really? never been into a Hux and not regretted it. No, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. 
I just mean I haven't been inside, but I, I've just gotten gas from there because it's on my way from Jimmy's onto the highway. I, so. I used to go to uh, – this, this is a longer story too. There was a time <laughs> where I couldn't use my debit card. My bank was actually like, we trusted you with this and you let us down. How so, does that even happen? Well, I had some um, – Look, because mine, mine just that I got my identity stolen. They were they were right times, so. to do it to me. <laughs> I've I've had my identity stolen too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this time they were in the right to say like we're gonna we're gonna we're just gonna not do this. Right we're gonna now. make you go cash only. <laughs> and I used to go to Huck's because they were one of the only places where you could pump and then pay. Yeah. So you're so used to like I remember when they like gas stations started. It was when gas was up to like four dollars a gallon. You had to prepay or prepay or pay with your card or whatever. Yeah. Well, my wife at the time, up until maybe like a year or two or a couple of years ago, was like a bartender. So she would always give me like her end of bills and like, and by the way, wet bills. Bartenders, yeah. fuck yeah. See, there you go. So she would mm-hmm. give me like wet sticky <laughs> singles and fives and shit like that for, that was like, here's my end of rent and bills. And yeah feel like a baller and you realize it's you 85 dollars yeah. <laughs> 85 single dollars uh but yeah I, so i always had wads of cash yeah and again not like huge amounts but like that i, I would get groceries and stuff like that i remember catching a little grief at a sh- we were shitting on all like <laughs> hucks bp <laughs> schnooks like literally all of these big the brands only, yeah the only <laughs> wow we really like we really picked a team, man. We're I mean, all we're on really team on Quick side. Trip, but uh, yeah, so, someone at like somebody. At his, I've had problems with this guy before. I've never, I've never like went and like found a manager and been like, you got to do something about this guy. But I've, I've done this like a couple times to this guy, and he's still working there. That's why I go to Deerberg's now. But uh, <laughs> this fucking guy at Schnooks, I was like checking out, and I had cash, and he like gave me trouble for using cash. I'm like, I have cash. But, and part of it was, it was like, I mean, it was like a hundred and, I don't know, something, $80 worth of groceries. <laughs> and I was paying with like, there was probably a, a 20 or two in there, maybe. And oh, the rest of it was Oh, or like, dollar bills. But I kind of yeah. was just like, <laughs> I was already like, I'm in no mood. Just, I counted that out for it's, you. I'm reputable. Trust okay. me. <laughs> I didn't round down. Do you think I'd willingly just want to show you all these dollar bills? A lot, a lot of them are singles, so <laughs> I got, I rounded up to the nearest dollar. Make change for that, or I will donate to whatever stupid ass charity you're going to ask me oh, to yeah. do. Speaking, so there's a story I'm going to tell you about donating in a second, but I do want to talk about you for a minute. So Scott obviously has like great building skills. He talks about flooring in his sets, but I wanted to say that I do also, and you know I'm a complimentary person, but I. <laughs> <laughs> Except for <laughs> let's talk. Normally, about- I'm shitting all over people. <laughs> uh, Will O'Donnell smelled bad, and uh, <laughs> he's doing I tried some of his car. That's I, how bad I tried some of Red Edwards uh, recipes. They all stink. Please. <laughs> <laughs> well, my feet. Fa- well, okay. So let's like backtrack for a second. So Scott and I met each other because there's all these good connections and great stories I want to get to because you, you have everything you keep talking about I'm like oh that's a great story or like this does something but yeah we should have had a road map we, we should have had a road map but I think that we needed to catch up on the bathroom Nate hasn't known about your construction skills and he's in the back just like learning how he's going to revamp his bathroom later he's nodding giving us the thumbs up oh <laughs> there you go he's like I approve 
We're talking about outdoor kitchens. Um, but you do comedy. How long have you been doing it? It's, Actually, it's gonna be ten years here pretty soon. Okay, so you long, long yeah. enough to where I should I f- should feel bad about where I'm at in the industry. <laughs> what? No, it's so, been ten years. It's, no, it's, thank God for Facebook memories. Otherwise, I would just have to go like I don't know, like five years or something. I well, that's what's so funny to me that you're like I feel bad because like. You are one of my, like, top-tier favorite comedians. And I don't say that because you're just sitting here. But I remembered when I – I don't remember the first time I met you, but you and I both have, like, leather jackets that we wear on occasion. Yes. And I remember I came in, and I think we had gotten to know, like, each other a little bit more at this point because you were like, oh, Molly's here with her leather jacket. Now we can all be the cast of Grease or something. And I just – Yeah, I don't know what – it it was something like – I want to say Libby Higgins and Tina Deeball – both had it was yeah. just some goofy occurrence where it was like cold outside yes and i found this bitch in leather coat yeah by the way it was that was uh my brother-in-law's when he moved out of that's my right. in-law's house he mm-hmm. left it behind yes and i was like he left this fucking coat behind i remember you this telling is me a this really story. nice leather jacket <laughs> but it was like sitting in his his closet in his parents house for years yeah and there's a window in there so it's got this weird sun bleached spot yes that kind of makes it look like Makes it look like I've had it for a while. You're just like, I've been wearing this. I'm pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just some, there was like three or four of us there with black leather jackets It was crazy. And I didn't even know what was going on. I came in and then, yeah, all of a sudden, like we're just surrounded by people. And I forget, I think Duke Taylor walked by and was like, look at these guys over yeah. here or something. Yeah, yeah. Like what? It was just like very Duke to like make a joke. But I, uh, what I like about you is that you are probably one of my favorite storytellers because I always feel like I can follow along. You Like speaking of roadmaps, even though we have a crazy time when we talk to each other, you do have a great roadmap when it comes to kind of like processing your jokes and like making a story with it. Is there not to be like, you know, the actor's studio here and be like, do you have a process that you so, have? But what um, do you do? What's your secret? What's Deep, you, you were what's, like, what's we're not going to get any heavy so hitting the, questions. The but. secret is always like, uh, if it's something, and I've had these where I was like, like in the shower or driving or something like that. Driving is a little different because I can, I, if I've got yeah. an idea, I'll pick up my phone and kind of talk into it or whatever. Yeah. And, but uh, there's a lot of, uh, you hope your like batting average is high. You, have, you hope you have like more hits than misses. Yeah. Uh, the noise, I don't know what my average is for things I've kept. I know I've like, just like that quick trip joke. Like if I go through old set lists or old notebooks or I don't, I don't have like notebooks where I write everything out. It's just a lot of like bullet points. Mm -hmm. There's, I've gone back and listened to sets on my phone and been like, why did I stop telling that joke? And like the quick trip, I don't have a good, so (laughs) basically the, I, I kind of look at it like this. You're either uh, like a sculptor trying to chisel shit out of like a raw block of marble or you're a painter starting with the blank canvas. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm always just chipping away at this big, cumbersome, ugly block of granite or whatever because that's that's the story. Yeah. I, I have mm-hmm. this story. Uh, and then you chip it away at, at it until it's a workable joke because there's a bunch of things like uh, I had I had this one and I'm still working on it because <laughs> there's no there's really no way to do it to where it's just a joke. Yeah. Uh, a story about like a kid I went to 
you know, he was like one of my three best friends that I hung out with a lot in like third, fourth grade. And he came to school for Halloween one year because it was like we were old enough we could still like wear our costumes to school. Uh, and he came to school at, dressed as Michael Jordan. He is not black. Oh. And everybody thought it was the coolest shit ever. Like my uh, our other two like best friends we hung out with were black and they loved it. They wow. thought it was the coolest thing. They're like, oh shit. He like cut his hair really, really short. I mean, he like whole head, his ears and everything painted like brown and had his like, and Michael Jordan was his hero. Everybody thought it was the coolest shit ever until we got into class and the teacher like <laughs> saw it and was like yeah. horrified. And this is really before like, I, before that was like a, a, like a fireable offense. Like, yeah. And we were like in third grade. Nobody, we were like, well, we all like dressed as our heroes, right? I thought that's what, I was dressed as a ninja. You know? <laughs> I'm not Japanese. I didn't get in trouble, right. by the way. Uh, but there's, there's this whole long story of this thing. And I, I guess it's like a, a weird, like, like we were just blissfully unaware that that was not a cool thing to do. Yeah. Everybody thought it was cool, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh but yeah, that's this whole story. And if I tell the whole thing, maybe it's like, I, I mean, it's like eight, nine, ten minutes. Well, you can't really, there's so few settings to try that out and shape it up. You know, unless you're just super bold and you're going to do it on a gig you're being paid for. Well, that's, you don't want to work out new material yeah, when you're no. being paid to do things that are worked out. Mm-hmm. And there's like, a, you know, like I talk about, I had a vasectomy and I talked about that. And there's a version of that if I tell like all the funny things and like all the little things that I wrote about it, that's like eight minutes long. Well, there's also a version of it that's two minutes long. Yeah. You get what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. So you kind of, you hope that you can start with like a story and then work it down until it's a manageable like three minute bit. Gotcha. And then sometimes it's just like such a, I have a, I have a hard time with it because so, like if you're explaining like, you have to explain things if to get into them before you can start. Well, that's not like a very, yeah. especially if you're opening, if you're hosting and you're like, you know, you got 10 minutes of material you got to do and you tell three jokes. Well, those better be really three really good jokes. If one of those bombs. <laughs> you're like, well, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. that's kind of a, that's a real tough balancing. People have talked about, oh, you're a good storyteller. I'm like, it's, Hopefully by the time you see me doing these, they're not stories and they're jokes. But, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I like that. I mm-hmm. like that type of comedy. And when I first started thinking about doing um, comedy, I didn't think I was going to be doing stand-up comedy. One oh, of really? One of the first – yeah, I just didn't think I, – I don't know what I thought about it. Um, but one of the first things I wanted to do is I couldn't I couldn't put a band together. That's really the long and short of it is well, I wanted to right. play music. Yeah, I was about to say, so uh, you were, were you doing, I read on your bio, on your Twitter bio, that's like a line, but you were like musician, kind of a dick, a comedian. And yeah, I was like, oh, you're a musician? Aspiring comedian, musician, and floor layer kind yes, of a dick. Yes, yes, yeah. that, yes. Uh, so initially when I started thinking about doing something, it is it's like, it was dark days. Like I couldn't put a band together. That's how my wife and I met. Aww. And I just wasn't doing anything. And I had actually like gone and written a bunch of songs. I'm not a songwriter. I, I play drums and bass. So Ooh, I, didn't know I was just really trying to 
do something creative. And I wrote all these, and I say all these songs, I wrote like five, six, maybe seven songs That's that I was like pretty proud people. of. Yeah. And I knew they weren't like, these aren't finished products, but I need to put a band together and they'll help me yeah. finish these off. And I even like made like demo recordings of them. And uh, I can't sing. Like, and I wrote, and I was really proud of these. And there's like nothing worse than having something you're really proud of that you'll never be able to show people. Uh, but then, you know, I, so I wanted to do something. I don't know. I wanted to perform in some capacity. Yeah. And I don't think that comedy was originally my initial idea. My initial idea was uh, if you've ever, if you know who Henry Rollins is. No. Henry Rollins was, uh, he sang for a punk band called Black Flag, and he also sang for a band called the Rollins Band. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but he would do these, like, tours where it was just him, and I thought, like, oh, he's not doing the Rollins Band, Rollins band anymore. He's just got a new band or whatever, and it's just... Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't. He would do, like, these speaking engagements, and th- there were, it was funny. I mean, there were parts of it that were funny, and a lot of it was real serious, and he would tell, like, stories about being in Black Flag and touring, and mm-hmm. uh, he's a big world traveler. He would tell traveling stories or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was really interesting. I mean, it's just this dude with a microphone up there telling stories. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that. And there was, I, I, I'm sure it's, it still exists in St. Louis in some capacity, but there's a thing called The Moth. Okay. Or I, The Moth Society or whatever. And it's a storytelling I circuit. think I feel like I've seen this before somewhere. Yeah. That. So it's, I believe it's a New York thing. Yeah. But they had kind of a where they were doing it in St. Louis, and it was called Moth up at the time. I think they've changed the name, or I haven't looked okay. into it in at least 10 years. Yeah. But uh, I signed up for it. You signed up, I think, through their Facebook page at the time. And so I signed up. They give you a date. Okay, you can tell a date on this story. I did zero investigation into it. Mm-hmm. And it was like a week before I was supposed to do it. I was like, I better. I, I bet they got YouTube videos out there. And I, by the way, I was going to tell, I'll, I'll, I might even tell you the story I was going to tell. <laughs> Uh, but it's foul and it's, but it's kind of a funny story or whatever. Okay. Uh, so I get in there and I was like, oh, this is the St. Louis one. Cool. And it was like some guy like telling this gut wrenching story. I mean, this really sad story. Oh man. And he's like starting to cry in the middle of it. And it's very heavy and very Mm -hmm. deep. And I was just like, that's not what I was going to (laughs) do. Like, oh shit. I almost... And I, I emailed the lady and canceled. Yeah. I was like, there's no way I'm going to go get up. The, I would have to follow this guy or go on right before this guy. Yeah. And tell a story about this. So maybe I won't tell about the story. About your bathroom story. Yeah. Well, it involves a bathroom. <laughs> oh, it's okay. But uh, yeah. So, and then my wife and I were talking about it. And I don't know why the uh, it came up doing comedy or what, or doing stand up. Mm-hmm. And we went to the Funny Bone. Uh, Sight unseen. I guess we just, we, like, not for showtime either. We just showed up and was like, are you doing comedy here? <laughs> and uh, Duck, the door guy there, was like, I mean, it was like halfway through the headliner. We didn't even, like, time it out. He was just like, yeah, it's almost over. You can go in there if you want, though. And we just went in and watched Ian Bag for, like, the last half hour of He's his set. Great. yeah. And I was like, this is the shit. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then started signing up for open mics. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of it. I know, and now you you lead the Funny Bone open mic, which is always fun, and now it's on Tuesdays and Sundays, just plugging that, so that way people come on out. I, I, think, I think just for October. Just for October, though, is this the is, Sunday, right? I, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, okay. um, just kidding. If, 
I kind of hope it goes like this. So I don't do, I don't run anything there. Oh, I just do like the open mic meeting. meeting. Yeah, but you're great at the meeting. I, and here's the thing. I know that you always say like, oh, you know, I repeat everything the same way. And like, I feel like, you know, especially to listen, it's like a sign of respect as well. But there are times where you give some really valuable advice And I always appreciate that. Like, I don't know if you just like choose it on certain days, but like sometimes you'll just be like, oh, hey, let's talk about this for a second, which I always really appreciate it because I'm like, I always call them the Scott seminars. I'm like, oh, I'm ready. Here's my I'm not the guy to be giving seminars about stand up, (laughs) by the way. Uh, It's usually, and I I typically preface it Mm -hmm. if I'm going to give anybody some kind of advice or something like that. Mm -hmm. I usually preface it with like, it's either got to be something I learned firsthand. Like, yeah. Uh, or I have to say, like, I heard this from somebody had to tell me this. Yeah. So it's not like I'm not cutting this advice out of whole cloth. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's always and there's a lot of resources out there. There's plenty of podcasts that'll you know are kind of geared towards like teaching people and not teaching. That's a bad way to say it. There's there's one way to learn way to learn how to do it. And yeah. It's, you know, you kind of just got to take your lumps and you suck until you don't. Yeah. That's kind of the way it is. That it's that, that's why I wanted to ask you this too, because now that I help run St. Louis Independent Comedy, yeah, I get yeah. a lot of inboxes about people being like, especially now with COVID, everybody's like, "All right, I, you know how it is." Like, what a weird time to start. <laughs> it's a weird time to start for sure, and I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but. I think it's just because people were like locked in in their house and they're probably left with their thoughts being like, oh, I need to try this like A, B, and C. Or or they really thought like, oh, I always told myself I was going to try this and I mm-hmm. just never made the time. Yeah. And then now you kind of got time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with you having time to try it out for the first time, there's there's just so many fewer opportunities for stage time well that's the problem is that you know the main and I think I wrote this in the Facebook group when I was running stuff out and I was just like a lot of people have been reaching out and they're like I'm new you know what are the opportunities that you know are out there and it's like you know I try to update all the open mics obviously and like what's available what's not Um, so I kind of wanted to ask you like how do you kind of feel about and I ask everybody who's a comedian on this podcast how they feel about this. But how do you kind of feel about, like, you know, these virtual shows that people have been doing? I've done both. I've done, you know, the in-person open mics. I've done the virtual. Where do you kind of stand on all of this? Um, I So I've done a couple Zoom shows, mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. But it also served a purpose because when I did them, I was like, I'm somehow I'm I'm desperate to talk into a microphone to people. Uh, but I also had mater- new material that I was like, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna air out, you know. And they weren't they weren't open mics either. They were just regular like, hey, we're gonna do like a Zoom show. Uh, you can do like 15 minutes. Yeah. And uh, that was good to like actually, even if it's just the other comedians watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to like air it out and say it out loud and try to say it in like a clear, concise joke format. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's, you know, you know, I've, I've been wrong so many times, like, man, I'm going to hit him with this tonight. This is, this might be the funniest thing I've ever written Everybody's and you do it and it yeah. gets nothing. And you're like, no, well, wrong again. Wrong again. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. It, there's only one way to make sure it's good and it's just to do it in front of a bunch of different kinds of people. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so the Zoom shows, I think, 
uh, it's like a necessary evil in a way. Like I didn't, I didn't like it because it's not, it doesn't feel live. It doesn't feel, and it, that's the thing. Like I, I, I kind of had fun doing them, but it's almost like, it, it's like being an alcoholic and somebody's like, all right, well, we're out of beer. Here's, here's a tonic. You're like, it's fizzy, I guess. <laughs> but I don't like it. But it is, you know, and it, like people were nice enough to ask me to do them, and that feels good. Yeah. Uh, but it is like, uh, and it sucks. It, it's it, like that's not the fun part about doing comedy is talking. I mean, this it's looking at people in the face and yeah. like, you know, I noticing agree. the expression go from like to ah. And yes. then laughter. Exactly. Having kind of that punch to it. I can understand how you feel about that. I mean, I have mixed feelings about it too because I've done both. And I, I do agree with you where it is kind of nice to just kind of air it out. Even though I don't have an audience in front of me, at least it forces me to yeah. be like, okay, I have to be a better writer now because now there's oh, a challenge yeah. where you won't have that audience reaction. Yeah, you kind of so, can't, uh, you can't muscle your way or crowd work your way out of a joke that's going nowhere. Not at all. I can't like just... turn to somebody. I can't say anything. I just have to be like, well, it's like, it's almost kind of more terrifying because you're just like, oh, this is me and only me. And then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would imagine that uh, like the little bit of radio I've done, just, you know, shout out to Tim Convey having me on the radio a couple times and like a couple like little things like this or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, like you're making, you know, you laugh, maybe, maybe the engineer laughs or whatever, but it's just such a weird, sterile environment. You've got headphones on and you're only listening to you and the other people in the room. Yeah. And you don't know who's listening. You don't know who on the other end is listening and laughing or... Yeah, it's you know, just a very different medium. Like, I feel like at least with podcasting and that's like kind of the one thing that's helped me through all of this is at least I have that human connection where I can like talk to you or I have like an engineer to talk like somebody you yeah. know but it is weird when you're just kind of like your voice is just out there and you're just like yeah, yeah. you know have you do, so do you watch comedy at home so I do and I have so I watch a lot of comedy specials I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts right like who doesn't when they're in comedy and I like right now I'm listening to Nikki Glazer's You Up. And I think that's, that's actually like, it's so fun to like get to listen to everybody on it, but she's really good about giving like notes and stuff at the same time too. She's, so. she's mm -hmm. given me a couple, and for no reason, by the yeah. way. We don't know each other. Yeah, she's well, I, just given listen, me, I listen to other podcasts. She's given me like at, at the funny bone, like coming off stage, she's given me tags and stuff like that. I'm like, that's th that to me is like good one human. of the... It's like the highest compliment I think one comedian can pay the another yeah. is like help them with a joke or give them a line mm -hmm. or even if it's not good. Yeah. I still think of somebody saying like uh, that jokes, it's kind of hackier. It's, it feel it feels like it's been done or, or that doesn't feel it doesn't seem like something you would say. Like that's happened to me too. Like this is a funnier joke maybe for somebody else, but yeah. it doesn't fit in with what I'm trying to do maybe. Uh and when somebody tells you that you go Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank, thanks for being kind of my eyes and ears. Like you, you kind of just, and if if it gets a laugh, if it doesn't get a laugh, I mean, you, you're sort of like uh, it helps getting another set of eyes and ears on your material exactly. sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's uh, that was nice. Mm -hmm. You're kind of good at that too. Like you've helped me. But that's why I do it because yeah. mm -hmm. the time somebody else that means they gave enough of a shit about what I'm doing up there to watch and listen. Mm -hmm. I agree. And and I'm really bad about 
I mean, especially the funny bone, because I'm usually already like in <clears throat> like trying to work it out in my head before I go on to make sure I'm gonna say what I'm working on properly, or or the way I think it's the funniest, or whatever. <laughs> uh, and then afterwards, I come off stage and I'm sort of like playing it back in my head, thinking like, did I say all the parts? I go through, I check off the little bullet points. I got to that. I got to that. Circling the lines that get a laugh or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really bad about sitting and just like watching and paying attention. But when I catch it and it's something that like, may, you know, maybe just an extra line or yeah. maybe uh, like, I, you know, one of the things I told you wasn't even, I didn't even like give you any lines. I, you know, mm-hmm. it was just something that I noticed that like, if if I'm paying attention and I'm listening and I'm inclined to like this person and I'm having a hard time getting where like and it's like a relatively common problem that people just like talk their entire four minutes up there yeah there's not like any kind of separation between this joke and that yeah and it's kind of it can kind of turn into white noise and some of those ideas are really funny and some of them I, I don't know it's just one of those good but why I respect you though was you were probably the first person to ever say that to me and then I was like oh because at first when you came over in your leather jacket like I know you a lot better now, but in the beginning I was super intimidated because I was like, oh, here comes Father Scott with his leather jacket just like coming over. You never know what you're putting out there. Like what is happening? Until somebody tells you something You're just like, Like, and I was like, oh my God, Scott James is coming over. And like, that's also me being a newer comic and trying to learn, you know what I mean? And you see people you admire. And I do that a lot. Like I feel like sometimes people, and speaking of things putting out in the world, like I have a friend who thought I, I hated her when I, she first, which is like crazy because, yeah. you know, but she was like, I was like, no, I was just so intimidated by you because you're so awesome. Like it wasn't hate. It's just like me being like quiet. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> my, my, my wife gets that a lot. Yeah. She has like friends that were like, I thought you were such a bitch when I, yeah. Like because she's like kind of quiet and she likes to be by herself a lot. Yeah. It's just, like, and so I she, love being with people. It's just yeah. that, you know, it, it happens. <laughs> um, But that's, that's, you know, that's why I, do that shit because I remember being new and you know being terrible and being aware of it yeah too like I was always like really and I still am conscious of like when something when you bomb when something doesn't go well like it's a pretty pointed feeling Mm -hmm. because there's no other I mean sometimes the crowd's tight sometimes it's small crowd sometimes whatever whatever Mm -hmm. you make all the excuses in the world and the next comic after you crushes and you're like uh-huh. Ah, <laughs> it's yes. all right. I think we've eliminated all the other variables in this equation. It's me, yeah, and it's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, you feel helpless. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I think I did my best, right? And it didn't go well. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I really feel like when I started out, there, there weren't a whole lot of, um. I I didn't get like I, I didn't get any kind of mentorship. I kind of just you know, took my lumps and dealt with like the, and if I got any kind of advice, it was from one, from somebody who's kind of on the same level. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at like uh, some of the people who are like, say a class above you, maybe you're, uh, you know, you haven't started hosting yet. Yeah. And it's people who are hosting regularly or the feature acts or whoever. Uh, I, I really didn't feel like I was getting a lot of like direction from any of them. <laughs> and I remember that felt kind of shitty, mm-hmm. you know? To kind of, and even like there's a couple, I'm not going to name names, but there was uh, definitely one where I was like, wow, you're kind of a prick. 
you don't put off this attitude that you like or care about anybody else doing comedy here right now. And that's, and it's somebody who's like, you know, headlines or whatever. Yeah. And that's not a, a good like for, to have people like ambitious and like a little bit starry. I'd like, wow, I got on the open mic tonight. This is going to be great. And then to have somebody kind of like come at you with like a little bit of a stinky attitude is like, mm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be like that. Like one day when I'm in your position, hopefully, you know, I get the headline or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to not be like this to people. I love that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know how well if it's received or if it's received at all. But, and, and it's also like hard to give people advice for my position because I don't have all the experiences in the world. Well, that's what, you know, and that always like, not that like, I, I this is going to sound dramatic, but it doesn't like hurt me when you say that, but like, from my perspective, I see you as like a very experienced comedian. So, well, yeah. So experience and, you know, the, the whole thing about like to be an expert, you got to put in 10,000 hours. We, I quote, yeah, Rafe says so, that all the time. So yeah. there's a lot of mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get to that 10,000 hours, but it's going to take me, I don't know, 30 years maybe. <laughs> okay. Whereas like somebody, somebody like somebody like Reggie, let's say, or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Vincent Bryant or Bobby Jaycox yeah. or there's, there's some comedians in our scene, Andrew Frank, that mm-hmm. are probably going to get to those mm-hmm. 10,000 hours real, real quick. Yeah. A lot, a lot quicker than me. And a, and a lot of it is, so I can, I can only give people advice on things, A, that like somebody gave me this bit of advice and I right. found it very valuable. I'll pass it along. Mm-hmm. with somebody else's name attached to it. Hey, so-and-so told me this. Which is exactly, when you gave me a note once, I forget you, I I forget, maybe it was Greg Fitzsimmons, but when you were, oh, with the rambling and like talking the whole time, yeah. you were saying about how, and Greg actually talked about this on Nikki's podcast. That's so funny, we're talking about this. So it's like when you're, you have to like enjoy the silence with people. Like, and that's something that's always scared Greg, me my whole, cause I have anxiety is, to the T. So yeah. I'm like, oh my God, like silence is the scariest thing. So when Greg Fitzsimmons says like, you know, I'm like in the moment with them, you know, like we're in this together, like this is, and I'm like, that is like a great way to look at it. And that's what you were like, oh yeah, yeah. I detached this cause I saw there's this a, advice. There's a real boldness and a real confidence where mm-hmm. you can let it go dead for just a little bit because yeah. you know, and it's not like necessarily in between jokes, but my favorite is to like do give a little more air to something or a little yes, more space to something that, mm-hmm. when I've, I've got like a pretty high degree of confidence that like the end yeah. of this joke's gonna do really well. So I can, not really dick around, but like you can give it a little more space. I mean, it's it's like if you had a painting and it was just all colors, just fuck piled yes. and everything. It's the negative space is what makes art beautiful. Yeah, uh, that's a beautiful way to phrase it, Scott. Look at you. <laughs> um, I forget. Fuck, I had something else I was gonna add to that. That's okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. But like, like we had Reggie on. Um, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I do remember. Yeah, and he had like a beautiful quote too and I was like, I love that. And then I cut him off too. I felt so bad, but I'm like, this is so profound. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, everybody, I think everybody's got one. Sometimes it's something you've heard. I like to collect little sayings. If I come up with one that's like a good saying or whatever. Yeah. I try to remember it. Scott seminars, I'm telling you. Pass it off as real real wisdom. (laughs) But I know what I was saying about the 10,000 hours. Oh, yes. Uh, which I don't know. I I think some people are just gifted. <laughs> like Duke, yeah. Duke Taylor's one of those guys that like a hundred percent. Pretty much as soon as he started, I think everybody was like, he's already 
pretty funny. One of my his, favorites, yeah. His material mm-hmm. is pretty good. And he had some, like, goofy mechanical things he had to overcome. Like, he had a, a habit of, like, holding the microphone too low. So it's, it's just as easy to say, like, hey, pull that microphone up to your face or speak louder or whatever because yeah. they're not going to, like, turn the microphone up for you at open no. mics. They're just going to let you be quiet and bomb. Yeah. And his material is good. Like, if they can hear you, they're way more likely to laugh. Yeah. And he's headlining now. Yeah. He's got, I mean, I but he's one of those guys, like, he knew he was going to rise fast. Yes. Because he started off pretty goddamn funny. Yes. And I remember Vincent Bryant and Reggie were kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. And I, Bobby started before I did. But even, you know, like being brand new and him being like, oh, I've only been doing it a year or whatever. I was like, God damn, you're already really funny. It's, I know. There's people, I think, that just like take to it quicker. So there's no, 10,000 hours is like a little bit of, but it's, it's also, you know, 10,000 hours doing what? Like working the road, mm-hmm. uh, writing for this or writing for that. There's so many different ways to use whatever like comedy writing skill. Yeah. Like it's not all, 10,000 hours on stage, 10,000 hours writing, 10,000 hours you know, doing any aspect well, there of was what's some, involved in this. Not to interrupt you, but this, this reminds, so I listened to your episode of, on Impolite Company with our mutual friend, Chris Sear, who runs that podcast. Okay. And it was, it was from like two years ago. Never heard of him. Oh. <laughs> and I pulled it up and you were talking about, you were like, you know, I have favorite comedians that even say this, but when comedians make the joke of, I, you know, and maybe your opinion has changed from 2018, but, um, how like comedians like, oh, I only work an hour a day. I, I yeah. fucking hate that. Yeah. And I loved how you were like, they're so, which I feel like I have to explain to people all the time. It, that's the, is that there so should, much that goes into it. That's yeah. the one hour. That's the hour where you're least like, this sounds, this sounds really stupid because some shows are work. Yeah. And, but you, you do all the work so you can spend that hour or half hour or 10 minutes on stage. Yes. That's, you do the work so you can do the fun part. Yeah. It, and that's right. That's like anything. Like I'm working on my bathroom so I can enjoy a kick-ass bathroom. <laughs> yes. And and I I just think like t- putting in those hours or getting those reps in and stuff like that is uh, I I I, I sort of like sight myself in in a way like set set your sights on on something that is uh, attainable for you in your life structure and your style how you yeah. got it and you won't be disappointed in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you shouldn't have, like, aspire to do better things. But, I mean, to put it real blunt, when I started doing comedy, I had my wife and I have my kid and a mortgage and a job and, you know, real grown-up responsibilities. Like responsibilities. And, yeah. I, and that would be, like, ex- exceedingly selfish of me to expect my wife and kid to uh, just, like, all right, hear me out. I'm going to quit my day job. Right. And, yeah, we're not going to have insurance. <laughs> And yeah, right. the, this I mortgage ain't going to get paid. Somebody's going to have to pay this mortgage right. somehow. Uh, so it's going to take me longer to get those 10. So by the time I'm doing the things, you know, I really like aspire to be doing, maybe it's going to be another 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've resigned myself to that. But that's I, okay. I feel like it's, it's know, important to that's me. That's right. yeah. as, as important to me as it is to be like good at comedy or, mm-hmm. or you know, write good songs or be good at my job. I actually like being good at my day job. Day job. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's all of those things are kind of secondary to. It's important to me to be a good father and as husband. it should be. Yes. Like of you course. can be good at any one of those things and be a shit father, and that's the stink that's going to be on you forever. Yeah. 
and that's you know that's kind of like getting asked to do things like this is that's it's like wow i made it somebody asked me to do something that's not like hey can you come look at my floor i think it's fucked up well, I may ask or, you to do that later on at some point in the future. I probably will because I, I actually like doing that stuff. I'll be like, come on my podcast and then afterwards come to my floor. <laughs> Just do all these yeah. things. Uh, we'll but, put you to work, Scott. And you've really made it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, th- I think I've made it in the flooring industry. Jesus, I really <laughs> do it for money. Yeah. Well, do I mean, I will say I think it's like that. And I always call you like. You know, I called Tina Dubal when she was on here, another great comedian. I was like, you're like the Renaissance woman. And I always think of you as like the Renaissance man because you do it all. You do comedy. You've done music. You do floors. I mean, like, what do you not do, Scott James? Like, what's what's your deal? <laughs> I wish I was better at, uh, well, I, was, I wish I was because I've had like a constant. Okay, so let me put this in perspective. I'm doing... I'm doing my bathroom and the original idea was to do like little videos as I'm doing it at all the process and edit it together talk about this, and yes. then mm-hmm. sort of make it obviously make it funny that mm-hmm. would be the thing is cuz I watch a lot of like so I'm I'm sick. I watch like people I watch YouTube videos of people doing my job. Okay. And I critique it and I'm like I would never <laughs> do it like that. And so, and but sometimes you watch it and you're like yeah, that is a good tip. All right, I'll, yeah. all right. Who fucking watches people do their day job? That's so goddamn Scott. weird. So I guess. <laughs> um, sorry, what was the question? That was oh, I was. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I, fucking, I trailed off, and now I can't remember what I was talking. Well, this actually makes me. So we were talking about how you know what do you not do? But let me ask you this. Oh, too. I didn't. I I stopped doing that because I was so. <laughs> I did the first one. <laughs> <laughs> where I roasted my bathroom and then I've just been too busy to do it. But I've also been like, when I'm gonna, I've, I've got so many sets and so many little things. I've got a, my, my phone right now is full of sets and pictures of people who didn't put things back in the grocery store where they're supposed to go. They're just like, I didn't really want these cookies and then put them on the soda shelf. That is actually one of and my biggest pet I, I've been, oh, <laughs> you, we got to go through my phone then. Holy shit. It's like very frustrating when I go to get like, like, okay, so I was in Aldi the other day, not to enjoy. <laughs> this is like a great roadmap. So, but I love that this is our friendship, but I went to get like a can of soup or whatever. And it was somebody put the coffee there. And I was like, well, maybe, you know, I need coffee, but it wasn't the coffee I wanted anyway. And I was just done. I was just like, this is not organized. This isn't it. And then I always feel bad for the grocery workers because I work in customer service where people mess things up all the time. Yeah. So I'm just like, could we not? It's just like when people don't return the cart. I don't know if you're one of those people, but I don't, I, I I'm always, a big person. If it's that. just me, I'll take the motherfucker back in the store. It's, you know what I mean? Cause just be nice. I, and honestly, a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the reason why I do that is because like half the time I'm grocery shopping, it is like, you can tell like, uh, the bagger or whoever, yeah. the high school kid that's working there is like d- doing their closing duties so they can go yeah. home. And there's like two carts out in the parking lot. And I'm like, like eh. I'll just take it back. In. Right. It, right. I, yes. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I feel redeemed. <laughs> there's there's so many goofy things. But what I'm trying to say is. Yes. I wish I could be a little more uh, diligent. Or uh, I wish I could put the right work ethic into the right thing. That I was going to get the more, I don't know, like do a podcast or do like a YouTube channel or do something goofy like that. And it's I don't. Hard. I just do. This is what's. And I. I I kind of, I kind of like this. I kind of, I only do the fun part of 
comedy. Do you get what I mean? Yes. I, I write things that I actually, if I've thought about it more than twice, like, all right, this is something and maybe I'll try to write material about. Mm-hmm. And performing and all that shit. But I also don't, you know, there's people who actually work towards being able to do this for a living. And a lot of them, you know, up until COVID, have <laughs> started doing that. And yeah. that's that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to have, I was the same way with music. I liked making music. I liked playing shows. I liked jamming with my buddies. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, but nobody I ever played in any band with was business minded enough. Uh, and that's always a factor. To make it, it yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I and I think there's, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm just not really good at that. And part of the reason I'm not good at it is because I don't like doing it. Well, it's hard too because like, well, okay, like even for this podcast, you know, I, you know, you have to keep growing and doing things and I have to solicit sponsors and people. Yeah, and this like, is, it's work. I have to like, and you know, it's hard because I've actually had like, well, I've only had one girlfriend who was kind of weird about this, but she didn't understand why I couldn't like, obviously this was pre-COVID and I don't really drink a lot anymore the way I used to yeah. in like my early 20s, but. Oh, I have kicked it up a notch. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Because of our certain I, I did that, like, I instinctually went to my fridge and grabbed a beer working on my bathroom. See. And I closed my fridge and my clock is there. And I had a Budweiser. <laughs> I closed the fridge and the clock is, like, sort of on the wall when he closed the door. And it was like, 1130? Like, I gotta wait. Well, I it's like, I it's hard. It, I mean, 30. and now Aldi has, like, a whole... Well, I've also been trying to, like, work out more and stuff. Because yeah. I feel like... Well, here's the thing, Scott. I am, like, not married. I don't have kids. So, like, if I don't apply myself to, like, podcasting, working out, I mean, I guess, like, other people are, like, you know, it's not a big deal. Like, just do you. But there was just getting to a point where I was, like, man, like, I am not putting, like, any effort into myself and, like, making myself a better person. And then it got to the point where you have, like, two beers and you're hungover. And you're just, like, and I'm not even a beer person. But whiskey, there you go. I would have that. And, I, I mean, I do. I love that. And I... I was just like, this is just getting, I just need to like get into a better like lifestyle. And I swear to you, it's like made me like better at like producing things, like making things happen. But yeah, yeah, like my position, I have the time to be able to do all of this. So that's why I admire you because you do have such responsibilities and yet you still have great material. You still perform. I know you like, you're like, oh, I'm doing the fun stuff, but like for me, I I even get overwhelmed sometimes. But oh, my girlfriends, they're one, my friend was like, "Why can't you do all these things anymore?" I'm like, "Cause I'm podcasting tonight." Like, yeah. And there's a certain respect level that doesn't come out, and that's where you kind of learn like what relationships well, are gonna be there and what aren't. Really. Yeah, and, and it is like, and I know I've, uh, you know, I'm I'm almost forty. I'm I'm sort of uh, past the stage in life where I can like rely on friends to show up to shows. Well, my girlfriends came to all the stuff beforehand and they're in their like mid thirties and stuff yeah. too. Like when I first started comedy, they were all there at like, it got to the point where Larry Green, another local yeah. comedian uh, was like, Larry. where are your girlfriends? Like what's, oh, where, I have a story about them too, but they would come to everything. La- that Larry was to- one of those guys too that like, the first time I saw him, I was like, this guy's gonna be huge. Oh no, he's, he's been on here great. multiple times. To- yeah. And he's one of those guys we keep interrupting each other and trailing it's all right. off. I love but it. But we're doing it. To, we're doing it to say something positive. It's always positive. La- Larry's one of those guys. Man, he's gonna be. Uh, he he, I think is gonna wind up being big and making it in this industry. And I, and I so. think Reggie too, and probably Bobby and Ray. Yeah. And and honestly, part of it is because like Larry especially. 
Larry, above all the other people I said, like, yes. he's such a good dude. Yeah. Oh, and he was one of my first you, friends in college. He's one of those yeah. people you really, really <laughs> wish success on. Yes. And he's going to get it because I've been, like, every show I've thought about yes. putting on or doing or whatever, I mean, there is like, like that, like, be cooler if Larry was here. Oh, well, that's how I thought about my pot. You know, Larry, no, he's he's actually been on here before and he was great. The best story that I remember, well, when we did our podcast, the best thing, like, to speak of Larry, for those of you who don't know him, great person. Not only did he, like, record, we had a great conversation. We promoted his show. He was like, where are you parked? And I was like, oh, I just live up in the artist lofts up the street. And he's like, oh, I'll walk with you. And I figured he was parked there, too, just because the city. No, he just walked you down he the street. He just wanted to walk me up to my building that, to be, like, a good human and was like, you're my friend. That guy was and raised right. You. you know what I mean? I was like, Larry, I feel. And it was, like, windy and chilly. And even in the wind chill, he still was like, I never get to talk to you. So this was yeah. a time to do it. And I was like, I remember just. And I messaged him later. I was like. I don't mean to like keep harping on the fact that you did this for me, but just the fact that you did. And he's like, Molly, it's it's fine. Like, yeah. Don't worry about it. He's like, also, t- let's talk about podcasting because then eventually people do that. They're like, it's the same thing you were saying. Oh, I want to like do this. I want to podcast. But it's hard to fit everything in even, you know, and you and I both have day jobs. So it's also yeah. there's that too. And also applying time to people you love and well, still being creative. I, I, <laughs> I always have this thing and it's like i said like you you know you take inventory you take stock yeah uh, about what's what's really really important to you and it's it's important to me to be able to keep doing comedy yes uh so but it's important to me to be a good dad and a good husband good at my Mm -hmm. day job i like doing that i i do i'm like it turns out i'm turning into maybe a shit friend because i don't call my friends enough maybe i'm not I don't call my mom enough. I know, I'm saying. It's, it's like goofy things like that, but it's also like you, you take stock and you take inventory and you go like, I can't do comedy five, six nights a week. I can do it one or two nights a week. Mm-hmm. And then all of these other things I can also, and by the way, my I don't know if I'm painting the picture, like my wife and kid aren't oh, cool with me doing please comedy. know that Mal is like They're one of the most awesome humans. Crazy ever, supportive. So. <laughs> my kid's a teenager. He pretty much is like, yeah, I haven't got to meet him yet. Whatever, but go I know do a Mal. show. She's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, he's just such a classic teenager. <laughs> well, yeah. I always course. like. I always when I if I'm going out to do a show, I always knock on his bedroom door. Hey, I'm going to do a show. I love you, and I give, give him a kiss on his head. And most of the time, he's like, Yeah, 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 fine. Bye. Whatever. Because yeah. he's a teenager. He's like, Cool, Dad. Like, get out of here. Go do your thing. <laughs> uh, but it's but it's it. One thing feeds in to another in a way because I have a lot of material about my wife and kid and if they weren't there I wouldn't have the material probably or I would just be like writing just be like more about my dick and balls I don't know (laughs) but those things tend to be so what what you're talking about like you're not married you don't have a kid whatever whatever two things happen and my kid was born and I was in two bands at the time yeah uh and we you know played and recorded and did shows and stuff like that and uh the thing that winds up happening is like, okay, now I have this extra huge responsibility, you know, or maybe you get married. You're like, oh, I want to be, or you, but you meet somebody or whatever. And you're like, I want to be, I like this person. I want to be good to this person. I want to be in this relationship and be, I don't, yep. I don't want them to leave me because I don't want them to <laughs> right. think like I'm treating them like, fuck you, bitch. I'm following my dreams. You either right. come with or you'd stay behind. Right. There's something to be said for having that, like, narrow focus, like, that is my goal, I'm chasing it, and pushing everything else aside. That's great. 
good for you for doing that. But I kind of feel like, uh, especially for the way I come up with material or something like that, which is, I don't, you know, there's no science to it. Like, ah, funny thing happened today. Yeah. See if I can write about it. Uh, but they all feed into it. Do you get what I mean? Yes. And what happens is when you have this extra big responsibility, you have a kid or whatever, or a new relationship and it's precious, what you realize is like, okay, that means the time I spend doing this, doing comedy or playing music or, you know, being with my kid or with my, you know, wife or boyfriend or whatever, that time has to be good time. Yes. You know, so you need to get more, uh, you just have to be more effective with your time. And unfortunately, when I was playing music, you're not going it alone. I I had like five other people I played music with. One of them was Mel, by the way. Yes. Who we were, you know, pregnant Mm -hmm. with our kid. I remember this. Right? Yes. So it's like, all right, well, that's two of us that are, we're going to be more tied up. We can't practice, you know, two, three days a week. We can do one. But we'll make that one practice as efficient and hardcore. We'll really buckle down. And instead of like, ah, let's go smoke real quick, play a couple songs, go smoke, dick around, bullshit, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because that's the fun part. That's really fun. You know, uh, we'll just have to be more efficient with our time. And we'll have to actually work harder. And what winds up happening is, for me anyway, I think it made me a better player. Because up until then, the stakes were so low. It's like, what would I be doing if I wasn't playing right now dicking around with my friends playing music nothing mm-hmm. i would be doing nothing i would yeah. i don't know watch tv <laughs> uh, but then when you have to be doing something else the time you spend following your passion or your dream or whatever has to have you know it makes you work harder at it so it makes you like you don't put it off so if you really want to keep doing this you have to be extra diligent about doing it well you know and all again all and I have a lot of time because I work at a desk so I have a ton of time to listen to podcasts so again it's just like what you said all to justify what you're saying it's like every comedian that I listen to is like one to have kids they're like when I had kids like it was fun because you're doing comedy and you're like you're like I'm my wife and we do all this stuff yeah. together and it's fun because we're just net newly married and it's great but then they said when they start having kids is when the stakes went up. Like, they're like, all right, this set, like, has to be good, especially when I'm on the road and I'm supporting my family and I'm doing all these things. And it's kind of what you talked about. Everything kind of feeds in. They started, they were like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about my family and well, doing all these jokes. Especially mm-hmm. with something like comedy or if you were, you know, you, you live a, you want to live a life worth writing about. Yes. You know, yeah. whether you're writing music or painting or whatever art you're doing, whatever you do to express yourself. Yeah. Uh, if that's the only thing you do, it be, I, I kind of feel like it becomes this like influence loop of, uh, you know, if all you're doing is like, I, I don't know, just recycling the same like yes. set of experiences week in, week out, the kind of, I don't know, I've been that way for, you know, months and years at a time and it sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks to live like that. Yeah. Some people love it. I hate it. No, I loved being able to make, and you know, especially like, cause I'm going to be 30 and not that like, that's like a huge milestone, but it is like, I know everybody always laughs, but it is interesting because sometimes there's days, Scott, where I feel like, wow, like I'm really 
like accomplished. I'm supporting myself. I'm doing all these things. But it's like weird. There's like other days where I feel like a total failure because I feel like I'm not doing enough. And it's like not even just with comedy, just with like life in general. And it's, you know, you know, you never know. I don't know. I just, I guess like I'm just like in this weird, confused, I'm sorry, this is so deep, but I feel like this is just really deep. And then we'll get into some. It comedy. had funny parts. You know, it had funny parts, but. Where's the camera? I'm sorry. Like we are looking at ourselves on camera and I keep, it's weird to look at yourself, looking at yourself, but Nate, you're not looking at the camera. this is what I was camera. talking about. That's why I had to look at you in the corner. <laughs> yeah, that's just a reference monitor. Is it up in the, where is it? Oh, it's. No, no, it's directly on top of the TV. Right on top of the TV. Jesus. The monitor's really there, so you guys can make... We can just pose. You can see where you're at, so if you're off camera, yeah, you I'm, can fix I'm, your and hair. Wearing the mask has given my beard a weird shape. <laughs> you can see the egg on your own like face. Preston. What's that? The idea is you can see the egg on your it own gives, face. I gotta keep, like, doing this shit, too, because it, <laughs> like, it, like, makes it go like this, where it looks like it's all coming out of, like, the lower part of my chin. And it looks like I got bitchin' mutton chops. No, you look lovely. <laughs> I like the lovely side dirt. profile because that's where you really like see it. You're just like, oh. Okay. I can't look at it though because I ha if I'm gonna look at myself, I have to look direct into it. I can't. <laughs> I'm not like quick enough to catch it. It's all right. You're gonna see it afterwards. I'll share some clips. I haven't. I've torn my bathroom apart. I don't have another mirror. Well, I do. I have like a little mirror on top of a book that I've been using to put my contacts in. Oh, I've got one. And of it those. is like, dude. I actually. I looked at myself one time. And this is after like six trips to Home Depot, tearing up a bunch of shit. Like I looked at it, I was like, wow, I really look like shit. It was like, <laughs> dude, it had been like- you a little hard on yourself for I, the pandemic. I tore, <laughs> no, I tore my bathroom apart and I was like, I'm doing the dirtiest part of the job. I'm gonna wait to clean myself up until like the dirtiest possible shit is over. And it was a couple days worth of stuff to do. And I was like, I just like took my hat off and my hair was like, completely matted i had like sawdust and like grime behind my ears like, oh. it was i was raggedy well good thing you've got the other bathroom that you <laughs> i don't oh wait you don't either no oh my god that's what i'm saying i have one oh, bathroom my oh i didn't okay this is like changing the whole like story for me oh my god yeah. Wow. Hard times. No wonder you're just like, when I asked you for your bio, and I, you were like, I'll oh, send that to you later. Yeah, that, yeah. It, it did dawn on me driving here. Like, I sent a headshot yes. and not a bio. My bio is like, I've got it somewhere. I want to read it to you. It's pretty bad. It was just funny because you were like, it's pretty it just, bad. It won't do. It, was, it, was, <laughs> it will not do. It was the last time somebody asked me for a bio, and it's probably like four or five years old at least, to where it was like, uh, uh, whatever. Uh, was like, I think I looked up somebody else's bio and kind of just swapped out names. And it is one of the corniest. Uh, I, now I feel bad. I'm just scrolling through my phone on a podcast. Oh, it's all right. See, now I feel a lot better because at least I've got a written bio. <laughs> Here's, <updated>. oh God, <laughs> having a kid. It's going to take me forever to find these because I've got 32,000 emails from all of my kids' teachers because he's doing online yeah. classes. And I, not that I don't care, but it is a little bit like, send him this shit. Yeah. Like, I, do I need, I mean, I'm trying to be good, a good dad, a good person, a good parent, okay? Do I need this email? And most of the time <laughs> I open it up, I'm like, no. This is definitely not meant for me. This is meant for my kid. And I finally went to my kid, Charlie, <laughs> are you getting the emails from your teacher? And he was like, yeah, why? I'm like, Cause I am too, <laughs> and I hate them for it. Oh shit! Hold on, I'm fucking up. 
Oh, you're good. And then okay, we'll- <laughs> yeah, I found it. Uh, Scott James bio. Hailing from St. Louis, nobody hails from anywhere. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Hailing from St. Louis, Missouri, Scott James weaves jokes and stories together for for the comedic effect you'd expect around a bar table or construction site. <laughs> that ain't that bad, actually. Maybe. I actually really want to use <laughs> his, that. <laughs> his take on marriage, fatherhood, and maturity swing wildly from practical to the absurd to the delight of audiences <laughs> in St. Louis area and beyond. And beyond. Yeah, St. Louis area and beyond means Cape Girardeau, by the way. <laughs> that's not, I could probably, I could probably touch it up. Oh, no. I think that's uh, perfect the way that it is. I think, I love that. That's so fucking cool. In St. Louis I've and never, beyond. <laughs> but uh, To be fair, I do think I read somebody else's bio and I was like, that's cornball shit. Well, Whatever. Just I'll like, just, I'll just. When I write, like, when people are, like, describe casually, Molly, like, what you do, and I have to, like, because I do it for the sites and everything, and that, this is why when I talk about being, like, a failure, I'm like, how do I write you gotta this? You got to do, like, like uh, press <laughs> releases. You got to do, like, uh, press releases and shit for this. So I do, I do that, and then I also do, like, um, like, when you do the paragraph, it's, like, comedians, musicians, and other entertainers in St. Louis as well as around the country. I've had like maybe a couple of people from LA and New well, that's York. A, but, but it's also, know. it's accurate. It's, it's not, you know. That's why, that's why uh, like the generic, like bringing, bringing, if you're a host, bringing the next comedian up or whatever, if you're doing, you always ask like, hey, is there any way you want me to bring you to the stage or whatever? And it's like the corny, like just say clubs and colleges or yeah, something like that. That's the which thing. is Greg Warren. I said that as a joke one time and you're talking about, I was, like yeah. just getting guest sets and like pr- maybe hosting. And he goes, that's weird. I did clubs and colleges. I've never seen you. In one. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was joking, Greg. <laughs> Greg. Oh uh, my gosh. But uh, yeah, it's getting like, I feel pretty good. Like uh, clubs and colleges. That's not technically a lie. I mean, I've done some clubs. Some, yeah. I've and done some multiple colleges. clubs <laughs> and a couple colleges. Uh, not doing comedy, doing music, but. As those aren't technically lies. That's like one of my favorite things about hosting too, because it like it depends on what you're doing. <laughs> like, I love when I ask people about like credits and like some people are super humble and they'll be like, oh, you know, I've just been on Netflix or something. And you're just like, oh, that's kind of a big deal. But you know, it's okay. <laughs> what's, what's funny is, I mean, all things are relative. If you do, if, if you're doing comedy for a living and you might have like some shit that's credits, that's actually like, Hey, that's that's still their job. Yeah, and it's sort of, uh, and it, you know, if you're a working comedian, you're probably like, I think it was Je- uh, Jeff Tate. Have you ever heard of Jeff mm-hmm. Tate? I I think he had a bit one time where he said like, I mean, I'm one canceled gig away from having to move back in with my folks. Yeah, people say, and that that's all a the good. Time. Yeah, it, people meaning the people I listen to on my podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and that's. I mean, that's a big leap to take when you say, like, I'm going to do this and only this for money. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit. Oh, I admire the dedication, though. It is funny, though. You got to bet on yourself. Yeah, I mean, no. It's, uh, it's a long shot sometimes. Hey, it, it, hey, you know, I mean, I feel like, well, because I was a theater major, and I know I have friends who, like, went to New York and L.A. or even Chicago, and, like, they dedicated their whole life to it. And it's definitely, like, a different scenario. Like, people... That's another thing, and then we'll get into our casual topic today. But I, again, how you were saying, like, there's so much work that goes behind the scenes. Like, I don't think that people 
sometimes realize, like, they'll look at, you know, something like Comedy Central. And they'll see somebody like Greg Warren, right? Yeah. Like, I'll have family members, and they're like, I saw Greg Warren's in St. Louis, and, you know, he was just on Zanies and isn't that, all this stuff. Isn't and that I'm weird? Like, he's just Greg to us. Yeah, and I, like, I don't even talk to him. He offered me a free pastry once, and I was like, thank you, and I took it, and I was like, what a nice dude. Like, yeah, I we didn't... Play, we play, like, a Zoom poker yeah. league or whatever, and it's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> but it also like you also don't have that like uh just all things being real if it's somebody that's around all the time even if they've got like credits or they're like a headline a real headliner like greg yeah like uh somebody you should look up to as oh, far, well, that, as, far yeah. as like writing and diligence there's man there's been a couple i feel bad actually i kind of feel bad that i didn't uh so like people like greg i did say like I, nobody really took care of me when i was an open mic or whatever <laughs> Greg's not really one of those people. I think mostly he's like, uh, I, I don't know. I think he's kind of quiet and work on his own shit too. He's not necessarily which much. is perfectly fine, uh, right? Uh, it's probably, it's really, better. what you should be doing, I yeah, guess. like oh, you know, just uh, being a professional, but <laughs> but uh, now I forget what I was saying. Well, I, all I was just saying was that like people will call and they're just I'm just like yeah, but like he worked so hard to like get to those things, and people don't realize you see. Like, even people who were just first starting out in comedy, like, the one thing, not that I'm, like, you know, I've only been doing comedy for four years, but I always tell people less is more. And why I say that is because when I first started doing open mics, I was always, like, worried because I was like, oh, my God, you know, I look at these people on TV and they have, like, a 45-minute to an hour special. And I'm like, I'm not there yet. But really what I should have been perfecting was just, like, two minutes of material just to, like, do something. And I... uh, I, I always, like, laugh when people are just, like, well, you know, like, Greg Warren, he's got, like, an hour, and they're just, like, so, you know, I can do at least six or seven minutes more than the rest of people at the open mic. Somebody said that once, and I was just, like, hmm. He said, oh, no. on, what? Who's Not that? Greg, just some open micer that said that, because they were, like, so they saw that Greg Warren was there, and they were, like, oh, well, you know, he's got an hour, and I guess they wanted to do, like, eight minutes on an open mic, and we can only do four minutes at yeah. the Funny Bone. And he's like, well, Greg Warren does it, so I should be able to do it too. No. And I was like. Yeah, Greg Warren's probably. Uh, no. He's, 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 <laughs> you know, Greg's one of those guys, like when I talk about people giving advice or whatever, he's absolutely one of those people. He's had all the experiences you can have. Right. Not all the experience, mm-hmm. but, you know, he's had, he's done late night sets. He's headlined around the country. Yeah. He's, he's done like so many things that we all aspire to be doing that if Greg Warren gives you advice on something, Jot that down. Right. You know, make a note. Whereas me is more like, uh, you know, hey, don't play with the mic cord up there quite as much. Looks silly. So. <laughs> you you, you don't give yourself advice. enough credit, though, Scott. You do, like, like I said, you've actually, like, helped me be a better comedian. Like, that's why sometimes I joke with you and I'll send pictures of being like, oh, here's my cue cards that I made. Or, like, here's this. Like, it's yeah. It, it took a long time for me to have that type of confidence on, it, you know, it, I, I say this a lot to people is like because every now and then somebody will ask like th- th- people should be asking these questions. I'm not trying to say it like it annoys me, but you should no. be asking what do I need to do to host? What do I need to? And sometimes people ask that question and hey or hey, can you watch my set or whatever? Sometimes people are asking you to do that just so you can pat them on the back and say like that was amazing. Let's talk about you know getting you hosting work. That's it, it it really is like you should be when you ask somebody to watch your set or whatever. Like if I asked, 
you know, anybody. Anything. Hey, watch what I said. I'm trying yeah. some new stuff. Tell me what you think. If they tell me, like, oh, it was really good. I'm like, that's not what I was looking for. No. I was looking for criticism. Right. That's, yes. I, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I forget why I even brought that up. Well, I was just talking about just like how less is more and how I think sometimes yeah. people who are new see somebody who's a headliner and they're like, oh, well, that's what I should be doing. And I'm like, but you have to kind of like grow and be into that position. Yes, it, it's it's absolutely one of those things. And there's like sort of levels, like it took me forever to be able to get on the Funny Bone open mic with any kind of frequency. I say it a lot, like the first year I was doing comedy, I maybe got on that list like, I don't know, 12 times yeah. I mean it's it's a lot of people signing up for that thing and it's it sucks you got to show up you sign up and you might not get on the list and then you could either choose to make that a wasted night or you could like network and powwow with other comics and that's what I tell people who message the page because again and I bring up one douchey person that said that one thing but there's a lot of new people who are actually really nice yeah. like me who were just lost and confused but still am but the point is that you know, you just like networking, especially, and just talking to people was like the best way for me to learn. And even just watching people, like, yeah. you know, I feel like when I go to the, and I should go to more shows on the weekends there now that I have the availability and I'm not at the hotel anymore to do so. But the Funny Bone and like a lot of just like clubs in general, what I like about them is that it it, it challenges you. Like that mic challenges me. And I, I appreciate that because when you do get on the list, you know, you do, you always have a crowd normally, yeah. which is, I guess, you know, pre-COVID. Obviously now I know things have gotten smaller, but it was like, it's the best way to learn. It's just to keep, yeah. keep going up there and doing things. And I, yes, like it's so, sometimes you can, you know, with, and that goes for anywhere though, at least in St. Louis, you have the ability to get on the list. Like when we were out in LA, like it was, it's crazy because there's such an influx of people. It's really, mm-hmm. and it's really, and I, I say this, basing it on like the one day I spent trying to get on open mics there. And there's a lot of different, there's like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's there's probably bringer shows. There's like yeah. bucket mics where they just, oh, everybody that goes to mm-hmm. the mic, and it's because like, yeah. it's because the audience is people whose names are in that bucket. Yeah. So if 80 comics sign up for this, like kind of a shitty bar mic and they pull the name out and you're not there, it's like you missed an opportunity. And it, it just feels like, uh, you know, I don't know, my like little, my my only experience doing anything in Los Angeles, besides hanging out with like my brother and like friends that moved out there, everybody mm-hmm. I ever played music with moved out there. Goddamn. Yeah, uh, I ran into and, no, and none of them are playing there. music now. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, but like I I signed up at the comedy store and the comedy store is good, uh, because you can sign up for their Monday open mic night, mm-hmm. which by the way is a three minute spot. Yeah. Uh, that might not happen because somebody famous might show up. Yeah. But it's a three-minute spot. And there's like 85 comics sign up for it. And I think there's only 10 spots. It's it's not that many spots. Mm-hmm. 80, however many people for a three-minute spot. And it's like, it's very important to them because everybody, most of the people out there like aren't native Angelinos. They, they moved there from St. Louis, from... Somewhere Ohio or wherever you're Everybody I met from. in LA was not from LA. Yeah, nobody. Dude, yeah. I, I actually wound up <laughs> yeah. having a great time. Cause, oh, because you can also sign up for Kill Tony. Yeah. On Monday, and I wound yeah. up getting on that, mm-hmm. which is a bucket mic. They pulled yes. my name out of a bucket. I remember this. Mm-hmm. And I, it didn't. It was, it was a fun experience, but my one minute of material I had to do didn't go well. At all. Oh, well, because which I'm is sure. why it was fun because yeah. then they just shit on me for five minutes. I actually met Tony Hinchcliffe because he did it here. 
And oh, yeah, then yeah. I ran into him. I say this like we're best friends, but I was out at the Grove. We were at Atomic Cowboy, and I think J.C. Sabala mm. was on a set doing never heard doing of him. A set. Never heard of him either. But yeah, he came in with Tony Hinchcliffe, and he was really nice. Like he, um, or he was just really cool. But um, I was like, yeah, I was at the show. Like it was a lot of fun to like watch and see it. And he's like, you were there, and he just gave me a hug, and I was like, yeah. thank you. <laughs> he seemed to be like it's. I, I know it's easy to like. Because I've had the same experience uh, with people like, oh, you know so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, I know them. I love them. Salt of the earth, great dude. Wouldn't, you know, yeah. always want to be around him. And somebody going like, guy was an asshole to me. <laughs> like, you kind of, my, my experience with Tony Hinchcliffe was also a positive one. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, my experience with doing it in L.A., just do it. it. It's it seems very important to all those people. They moved out there to follow their. They moved out That's there to pay thirty five hundred dollars to live in a shithole and yeah. deal with that so shitty traffic and everything. About so yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's very important to that. Whereas like you know, St. Louis is a little more like. Mm. See, and, and that, yeah, that's okay, but yeah, I Yeah, it it's a I good do, place to get strong, I guess. It, no, well, that's, I feel like I've always been, like, I've been getting stronger here, and I also just love our community, but I do, I think I talked about this when Max Price came. I know there's a lot of, like, St. Louis shout-outs right now, but I told Max, I was like, it just gets so frustrating when people stand on stage, and they just, like, waste my time, and they're talking about how blessed they are, and that their family's here, and I'm just like, I don't feel blessed right now. So I have to like listen to this shit and I feel terrible because I feel like such a bitch. But I also know I was a new comic, still kind of am, you know what I mean? And I have to sit and just listen. And I, I think that's just like one of my pet peeves is I'm like, take it seriously if you want to try it. Like even if you don't have like strong material, which we're not expecting when somebody is a first timer, at least like have some look like you've planned something. I don't know. But what? Yeah. how do you feel about that? I, maybe I'm being too harsh. Like, uh, no, not really. I mean, to be, but to be fair about it, like, you know, my first, my first year in wasn't, I can't imagine that any, anybody like watched what I was doing and was like, I think this guy's going somewhere. with Right. Oh, oh, well, I don't even think about going somewhere. It's just, but but it is like, I don't know. There's like, Mm -hmm. like notable examples here in St. Louis of people who started out and, you know, were kind of like somebody that went on stage and everybody went, God damn, again with this shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Again, I got to sit through this, guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then those, you know, whether they just grow up or they, I don't know, whether they just yeah. get better or that's true. decide not to do this type of material or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, they grow and expand and they're much, much better. Yeah. And I was so also I kinda, a theater person. So you get like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, stagecraft is not something that came natural to me. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, being good on stage is like one of those things. Fuck, talk about Larry Green again great on stage yeah and those are some of my favorite comics who are people that just like that like the confidence like there's i've seen people who are like i i think their material is very good they're a great writer i love their jokes i don't think i would ever pay to see you know some guy i mean that's great you're a great writer i agree but wouldn't you would pay to see that larry green is gonna be larry green reggie they're, they're those people. I would pay to see those guys because Absolutely. they're funny 100%. and they're fun to watch on stage. And mm-hmm. it does feel like something that's, yeah, it's a performance. It's live. Yeah. Happening right now. Yeah. I uh, so, so I don't know. I, I, I watch like, you know, first timers or new comics or whatever. And like you reserve judgment because you, 
you know, you instantly crash back into your mind your first year or whatever. And you're like, I agree with that. I think it's just the etiquette thing for me. It's it's yeah. etiquette. And and again, sometimes those are things that you get. Sometimes those you learn the I hard know. way too. It's a maturity factor as well too. Like the guy, uh, you know, that said like, well, he's going on stage doing eight minutes. And why she that get just it? really upset me. Like I just remember Cause, being cause like. Because Greg Ward <laughs> isn't a famous person. So now uh, whatever, if his favorite comic you know, he's like, if Dave Chappelle showed up and did, you know, 20 minutes, he probably would be like, well, Dave Chappelle gets to do that. You get what I mean? Whereas like, yeah, yeah well, I didn't think of it that Greg way. Greg Warren gets to do that too, but it might not be something like, we know Greg Warren. Right. You know, he, and mm. he's probably, there's probably people all around the United States that know him. Yeah. But he's also not like, like if you don't know comedy or you don't know, you know what I mean? That you might is not true. know. That's it's, true. It's like a relative you might not know who that is. So you might see somebody going on stage doing way more time and be like, wait, why does this guy get to do so much time? Well, just trust trust that if he was doing more time than he was supposed to, somebody would stop him. Yeah. Well, and I, I also feel like too, and I, I will say some of my feelings, again, just come from my theater background and they're just like, again, like the etiquette stuff. That was like trained in me for about yeah. four plus years. I was in dance my whole life. Like, I've had that experience and I do sometimes have to step back and be like, oh yeah, like that's right. Like some people, not that comedy and theater are exactly the same, but like the way that they're conducted and like shows are produced and how you respect other people around you are very similar. So I do have to remember that sometimes people haven't always been exposed to like what I've seen, like how you treat tech or like how you yeah. treat management or how you say thank you when you do it's, a guest it's, set. It's, it's just a different nobody, vibe. Nobody yeah. watches their favorite comedy special and considers any of that. Yeah, I know. And I They're just watching an mm-hmm. hour or whatever of material or like a funny YouTube video or whatever. And sometimes, uh, you know, you know, they're seeing it. And th- if you have no other perspective on it, like, I don't know, you know, what was your, who was your first comedian or first comedian? Who was your favorite comedian before you started doing comedy? So, oh my goodness. Before I started doing comedy, I really liked... Kathleen Madigan she was I mean I know she's from here but I, I liked her I liked a lot of like women comedians like I watched Nikki Glaser I liked her too um Amy Schumer Rachel Feinstein I really liked her okay, well, god damn you're fucking up my point why because if you had asked me before I started doing comedy who my favorite comics were it would have been the superstars it would have been Chris Rock it would have been Dave Chappelle it would have been you know well, and, not, yeah. and now it's it's like people I've worked with. Yeah. Uh, well, see, no, I that, can understand that. You get though. what I mean? Well, because, Where it's like, it yeah. might be, it might be, it, you know, one of them might be Greg Warren. Yeah. You know, one of them might be Ryan Stout. One of them might be uh, Kevin Bozeman. Mm-hmm. When, and, and these aren't maybe household names. They've got credits. They've done a bunch of stuff, but they might not be household names. But I'm telling you, for the money, they are... Yeah. They're fantastic. But I, I get that too. It's just, but it, I think what your point is too, it's what you're exposed to because I saw all of those people I just mentioned were all on Netflix or, yeah. you know, people yeah. who had very big credits, right? Like, it's just like how I was saying, like Nikki's Glazer's got a podcast. She's got all these people that she has on. Like I, I admired those people, but then I started a podcast as I got to know people. And then like now what I'm thinking as, and like, I know you were like, I don't have enough followers, but I was like, you know who I really admire? Scott James, and I have to have him on here. And so that's why I was like really happy when you agreed because I was like, oh my God. I, I know it's, when you ask somebody to be on your podcast, it's almost like asking people on a date. It's like the weirdest feeling because you're like, hi, 
do you want to come out sometime? And I worry that people are going to turn me down just because they're like, oh, I'm too busy or I have this. I don't have that a bunch by any means, so I don't know why I have anxiety, but it's the weirdest If anybody tells you they're too busy to do this, just remind them that Scott James (laughs) left his house where there is currently not a working bathroom. Like in the middle of, I dropped tools, cleaned up, and came here. Aww. Right? To do this. Yes. Knowing full well that he will not have a working bathroom by the time <laughs> his wife and child get home from their two week long vacation on the West Coast. God, if they ever think that I don't love them with all of my heart, <laughs> I sent them to California <laughs> for two and a half fucking weeks while I, but like, look, I'm not going to be. I'm not holding this over their heads. I'm not going to do that. It was my idea. But, I mean, dude, if they don't rinse the sink when they're done brushing their teeth and shit like that from now Damn on. Damn it. It's going to be one of those things. And I'm like, you know what I had to go through? <laughs> like, get this thing done. Do you know the effort I had? I, I shit in kitty litter, lady. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. My stomach. Shit and kitty litter, lady. Speaking of shitting and kitty litter, that's a great segment. Before we end out, I know I messaged you about a topic. So sometimes we do this and sometimes we don't because sometimes I get so caught up with the conversation or if I don't know somebody as well, I don't do this as much. But I told you, I was like, let's talk about being casually alarmed. And I know that sounds weird, but the reason I brought it up was, so my day job is I sell apartments for a living and I it's a great job for a theater major because I always tell people because everybody's like what's it like I'm like well if you ever watch Wheel of Fortune and you see Vanna White you're just like what's over here I'm not saying saying they're nice apartments but do you have to sometimes like yeah I have to act like this apartment isn't a shithole so well because it depends everybody and this is like it's almost helped me better with like human interpersonal relationships it's a weird time to say that when we're in COVID and you know we were in lockdown for so long but everybody's got a story it's just like comedy like everybody's got a story everybody's got their own material everybody's and it's the same way when people come in to see you because they're like you know some people are pissed off and they really don't want social molly so i just have to like tone it down i'm like all right what's you your gotta, idea you gotta read the room where's this right you got, you got to read the room i'm like all right what do you like you like um, updated appliances i want what's cheapest all right we're gonna show you a studio like even if i think that a certain apartment is beautiful i also have to realize that there's other people that are like no i prefer a higher floor or like no i want yeah. something lower like there's one apartment where it faces towards a parking lot it's not really my thing because I like having a view, and I know that sounds really bougie, yeah. but if you saw my apartment, you would understand. If, 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 it's, <laughs> if it's something that's going to – I say it all the time when I work in other people's houses. Yeah. I only have to be happy with this once. Yeah. You have to live in this. That's what I tell so people. I'm if, like, do if you there's like an this? issue, let's, mm-hmm. let's make sure – Let's make sure it's okay. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's make sure I don't leave here and have to come back. Well, that's what I tell people. I'm like, do you like this apartment? Because then when you sign your lease – most people are familiar with this. You have to like do, you have to at least be in your apartment for six months before you can transfer. And then there's a fee attached to that. Yeah. So like, if you're going to sign up for a year, like that's how I was with my, you know, my apartment I live in now. I was like, I've had too many shitty apartments. Like the last one I had, I had a hole in the ceiling. It was like, I was like, no, I'm going to get a loft. I've always wanted one. I'm doing it. I'm done. And that's where I have well, with people. You, but then I have like other people who like today, before I came here, 
This girl was like, she wanted conversation. She wanted to tell me her whole life story. So you just got to like rock and roll. She's like, oh, you do comedy? I'm coming. Where do you do it? Let's exchange. I can't exchange phone numbers with people. But yeah. I do like give the casually Molly business card because I feel like that's the most. Because I'm not soliciting. I'm not like being like, oh, like here's it, money. But yeah, I'm you're still, not. here's my personal cell phone. Right. Call me anytime, I'm crazy just like, person. Here's just the, my podcast and you can stream me where you can right. hear about public events that are happening but you know and people are like I want to see you and I'm like well I can't really like do anything about that but I'll be like come out come out to the you know come out to whatever open mic you know or watch something on tv but um why I bring this up was you know I haven't done I don't have a lot of issues with residents but I had somebody call down a couple of weeks ago and he was like hey Molly I don't mean to alarm you which is never good because it means that you have to be alarmed and he's like, there's this guy like yelling on the third floor and, you know, there's just a lot going on. And I don't know, like, I think he's going to go back in his apartment. I'm like, well, let him stay in his apartment. If there's any like more stuff, I'll, I'll come upstairs because you can't go into the apartment, obviously. But I'm like, is there anything? I'll handle it. Well, this guy calls down and he's like, yeah, there's somebody in. And I don't know how this vacant unit was open, but he's like, somebody's in the closet in this vacant unit, like you have to come and check it. And I'm like, well, I can't go into your apartment, but I'll go into this vacant unit. And he's like, don't you see them? Somebody's in there. And he, his trap was that he put a bucket in the doorway in case somebody ran, he could like hear the bucket fall over. Not the best trap, but okay. So of course he's like, don't you see him? I can see their thumbs. And I, I don't see anything. So I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna go over and check like Jimmy was so pissed he's like what if somebody was in the closet and I'm like no one is in the closet so I just gotta like play along so I go to the closet I go in obviously nobody's in there so this guy starts like knocking on walls he's like somebody was in there there must be a trap door like maybe they went through the window and I'm like what is going on so then I look at his eyes and I'm like oh man he is on a trip right now (laughs) he is like on a trip so I'm just like, what am I going to do? So I just was like, you know what? And I'm, you know me, like in those situations, I'm like, just, you know what? Just go back in. You know what? You should just lay down on the couch, like make yourself. Do you have to work today? I don't have to work. Good. Just, just relax. Like maybe you should eat some food or something. Like, yeah. I don't even know. So I thought maybe I handled it. I am, you know. What do you, what do you think it was? Was it? I don't know. Like maybe. Psych- uh, probably psychedelics some, or some, some kind of psychedelic, but it's just, he, he's usually a pretty quiet guy. So for him to be like on this like wave, cause yeah. like, cause he was, it was something like out of a beautiful mind almost. Like he's like, yeah, like people are stealing my identity. Like look at my Snapchat. And it's like all gibberish that he typed to somebody. And I'm just like, all right, Russell Crowe, like we need to get you back in here. And it was like, like it wasn't a, like, I honestly, I think that he was like seeing people. And then he sent me a video of just a door and he's like, don't you see them? Like there's somebody there. And I'm like, oh man, like he's, he's like, so then I thought I had maybe like got him in the apartment and the rest was over. The police show up. And they, like, are, like, police, like, let us, you know, like they do. And I grab my manager. And I was so pissed. You know how police talk? Police. Police, open up. And I was, like, this is aggressive. Okay. So they come in. And they're, like, yeah, we heard that some. I was, like, listen, nobody's in the closet. And I was so, like. (laughs) You didn't even have, like. Like, it was just. Oh, this at, is this, at this point, you're kind of like, well, if they go check the closet up there. Yeah. 
they're, he's going to jail or whatever because they're yeah. going to look at his eyes just like I did and go, oh. Yes. And I didn't like, up. it was because he's like, they said somebody's in the closet. And I told Reggie this when he was here two weeks ago and he started laughing. I was so pissed off. I was like, nobody was in the closet. R. Kelly wasn't in the closet. Harvey Weinstein, nobody. Like, nobody is there. <laughs> and literally, they're like, okay. And I was like, would you like me to go up with you? And they said, no, we trust you. Like, that, that's fine. I, I, think it, <laughs> I think it'd be so funny if you and that guy, like, left that apartment and somebody went, like, out of the closet. Like, right. That it was, was a just, close one. And it's a studio They spot. almost had So they're me. like, he's, like, searching through the bathroom. I'm like, nobody is here. Like, no. So then, finally, like, the police called the medics. And the medics were so funny. They, like, came in and took him to get something to eat. And then you could tell, like, the next day, he, like, realized that something had happened. So he came to, like, get his packages, and he was super nice. And, like, you could tell he was, like, a little shy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. sorry that this sorry that this happened, but because I'm, like, oh, you know. That's, that's almost, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've had a, I've never been, I'm not a drug guy. Yeah. I smoked a little weed. I drank a, a sure. little. But I'm not even, like, a big drinker or anything like that. Same, yeah. But it's, like, I'm, I'm, I've definitely had those times where I've been, like, like woke up the next day and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. I'm gonna have to see this person again. And I was talking crazy last night. Yes. Oh, that like, I, that's why I, <laughs> I haven't gotten like blackout a bunch, but there, there's definitely, there was one time especially where I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning and I was like, what just happened? That's like why I stopped. My wife's got, yes. you got it next time you talk to Mel, mm. ask her about uh, falling, getting like blackout drunk in Kansas City. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. At least mine was in my apartment. It 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 almost turned into a taken or whatever for me. Like, it was such a scary... I I wish I could tell you a story. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know how much I... (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you tell me your story, and then we'll get... We'll we'll get to how we can support you and everything that you do, and then we'll talk about more off the Uh, air as well. So, the okay, so the alarm thing. It's weird you mentioned... Okay. Also, the alarm went off at my work today, so it was just prepping me for talking to you, apparently. So, <laughs> uh, but yes. So I wasn't. Uh, so I thought I. Uh, I thought I had a heart attack once. Yeah. Oh my god. I was. I'm like a little too young to have a heart attack now. I was 20. Yeah. And uh, so I worked. I actually worked at a hotel too. I was a kitchen manager. Okay. And we would go smoke outside under... Actually, here's a hack if you're in a hotel or a big commercial and they have a big laundry area. When it's mm-hmm. cold outside, you can go smoke under the dryer vents and it just shoots warm air on you, whatever. But in the summertime, it's yeah. just hot. So that yeah. was the smoking area, whatever. So we're sitting out there and the dryers are on, so it's like hot, it's already hot outside. There's hot air blowing. And we're smoking. Cigarettes, nothing else. Just smoking. And I'm like, I don't know feeling that well all of a sudden I put my cigarette out and I go inside and the way the hotel was laid out like when you come in the employee entrance the employee bathroom is right there and it's like that whole area until you get to the kitchen is like ice cold I mean it was like 64 degrees yeah so I go into that bathroom and I'm like starting I'm like whoo sat (laughs) sat by that vent too long man I'm all hot yeah you're just like I'm burning up sure and I'm like getting really hot and getting like a little bit lightheaded and I'm like splashing cold water on my face and I'm like man I'm not gotta stop smoking these cigarettes man gonna be the cause of my death and I'm like just trying to cool down I can't cool myself down and I come out of the bathroom and I open the door and pass out yeah I mean I like full on like collapsed hit the floor but I kind of came right back up and 
all my buddies I was just out there smoking with were coming in at the same time, all laughing, busting my balls. You drip coming out of the bathroom, <laughs> Jesus. How long were you sitting on the toilet that your legs are asleep now? It's shit like that. So they're breaking my balls. I go into the kitchen and I sit up my desk. So it was the kitchen manager. I had a desk. I'm like, man, I'm just not, it's not feeling that good. Like I'm definitely hot. Like I'm oh, having a hard time breathing. And like my left arm is just like, all of a sudden, like there's just a knot in my shoulder and my hands going on. And I'm like, dude, what is going on with me? And I sit at my desk and I'm having a hard time breathing. And it was the guy that I was working with, uh, it was a really small kitchen. So it was always just like you and another person. Yeah. I worked with this guy a lot. And he was an older guy, an older black gentleman. And he comes around the corner, like from the line into like the prep kitchen and stuff. And he kind of looks at me. Yeah. And by this point, I'm like, something's really wrong. Something's really, really oh wrong. Oh my God. Uh, and he just looks at me and he just walks back off. <laughs> and he like had a pan of something. He was taken to the walk-in cooler. And he comes. Welcome to a hotel. And then he comes out of the, yeah, 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 yeah. At first I was like, hey, you're not even going to ask me if I'm not feeling it. <laughs> right. So he comes back out. So he comes back out of the. <laughs> Tell me to laugh about Because you could be dead. I know. I'm like, just I'm like, just what? starting to freak out. So he comes back out of the walk-in cooler and he comes up to me. And he's like real, just like real casual. He's like, hey, man, you, your left arm hurt? I'm like, <laughs> and by this point, I'm like out of breath enough where I can't really talk. And I'm like nodding yes. And he goes, you having a heart attack, my man? And then just walks off. <laughs> but he walks off and I'm like, <sighs> so I can't call 911 because I can't talk right now. Well, he went to the front desk and had them call the ambulance for me but this whole time I felt like holy shit what's going on that I'm having a heart attack right now I'm 20 years old and he's like he was like the sweetest guy by the way he went up called the front desk and he got me like he went to one of our ice machines and got like a kitchen towel and wrapped it with ice and got it with water and he like was putting it on the back of my neck and stuff like that and he the whole time he's like I I had two of them I know what it, I know what this is you having a heart attack my man and yeah. he was like stayed with me till the ambulance got there. Even though there's like orders coming in. Yeah. Like we were getting orders like this fucking guy. Uh, and he like, he, I don't know, man. He put me on, oh, this is what he did that I really thought like this is the sweetest thing anybody's done for me. So I had, I had a hat like I have now. But it was like a hat I had had for years and years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Even at 20 years old, I was like weird and attached to things like that. You do like hats. Yes. Uh and I had like taken it off so I could like put the cold rag on my face and stuff like that. And they're wheeling me out in a gurney and he ran up and put my hat on me. He like gave me my hat. I was thought that was oh, the sweetest fucking thing. Oh my God. Yeah. So I didn't have insurance at the time. And uh, when you're 20 years old and the ambulance drivers think you're having a heart attack, they just assume you've taken drugs. And then they just talk shit about you. Like while you can't talk or while you think you're having a heart attack and they're like like breaking my balls and joking back and forth with each other about what I've taken or what, what I haven't taken. Fuck? Yeah. And then they charge wow. and then they charge you eighteen hundred dollars for the pleasure. Uh and then you get to the hospital and they find out you don't have insurance and they just make you uh eh, let's see what happens. They gave me an X ray, my my lung had collapsed. 
Oh my god. Yeah. This this story goes from like ah scary to kind of funny to like uh rage inducing. And I'm like um, the fuck. So <laughs> so here's what so here's what there's like several level, levels of me being alarmed. So one I think I'm having a heart attack and then I'm alarmed at how uh, douchey and insensitive these paramedics are. These are like all my feelings. And yeah. uh, then I get to the hospital and I'm alarmed at how many people walked in, look at my chart, put a stethoscope on me, and then just walked away. Oh, all the time. And then didn't, and really we're just like, oh, I guess you're breathing again. I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, is that it? Is there anything else going to happen? And uh, like one of those four people that stuck a stethoscope on me was a nurse for a pulmonary specialist who sent me a bill for like, a couple grand. And like nobody did anything for me, by the way. They typically what happens is they would put a chest tube in you, which is they poke a tube through one of your ribs into your lung and it yeah. reinflates your lung. And they didn't do any of that for me. They just let it because it did it will sometimes inflate on its own. And they were just waiting to see. I mean, I was there for like seven hours or something. I mean, uh, but and I, I also this is kind of alarming. The front desk lady. Uh, who I was friends with called my mom because she was my emergency because <laughs> she was my emergency yeah. contact and told them apparently crying hysterically that I had had a heart attack at work. So now my mom's completely freaked out. My mom's a nurse, by the way. Uh, all that professional, well, no wonder, she all the professionalism that. goes out the window when you're <laughs> when your kid is. You think they had a heart attack because at it's work. a personal. Like you, I feel like in those things you're trained you for bedside manner, right? From, yeah. yeah, it's it's hard. So. She gets to the hospital and she picks me up. I obviously can't drive or whatever. Uh, and they get the only thing they did for me in the hospital was give me a prescription for pain pills. And I'd never taken any kind of pain pills no. before in my life. And then I immediately I called my doctor the next day. Uh, it was like a weekday, and he was like, "Well, yeah, come right in. I mean, come right in now if you can." And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I I can't." I can't get a ride because I left my car at work. My mom wouldn't let me take my car home, so right. whatever. And I, and they instead of my apartment, she drove me back to her house so she could keep an eye on me or whatever, which is probably for the best or whatever. Uh, but they gave you know they gave me these pain pills, and then I come in and I tell him the whole story. And my between my mom and my doctor, shout out Sean, uh, Doctor Sean McIntosh, and you know, found he's the best doctor. Go Sean. Um, <laughs> so. Between my mom and him, like, they were fucking outraged. A, that they didn't do a chest tube or anything like that. And then B, that, like, he was like, they gave you what? And I'm like, yeah, they gave me, and I'm, like, shaking the pot. I'm like, they gave me these pain pills. And he's like, yeah, don't take those. Those will put you back down. Like, you'll, those will put you to sleep. And if you take the pain pills because your lung has collapsed again and you put yourself to sleep, I mean, you could fucking die. Mm -hmm. And he's like you got to be kidding me. Do you have your, like, paperwork and your charts and stuff like that? And he's like, I'm going to be on the phone with some of these guys. This is crazy. And, uh, yeah, so I was, you know, that's that's kind of the end of the story, except for after that, my I was still, like, holed up at my folks' place for, I think, a week until I went back to my apartment. And uh, my buddy TJ, or my buddy Colin and Justin came over and uh, smoked weed and hung out with me. <laughs> and then my mom got mad because apparently my they smelled the weed when they came back into their house. This is my parents' house. I don't live there. Yeah. But my and they didn't even smoke weed in the house. They like smoked in the, in the under the carport or whatever. <laughs> but like the aroma was still around and my mom got really mad at me cuz she thought I smoked weed. 
on yeah. a, with a collapsed lung. I'm like, Mom, I would never. My lung slaps. And she was like, you're a terrible liar, Scott. I'm like, what does that say? You think I'm a terrible liar when I'm actually telling the truth. This right. is crazy. That means I could have so been getting away. So what happens when I lie? <laughs> I, I, apparently, I'm fantastic at it because you don't know what the <laughs> truth sounds like. I had, you know, and then we'll, we'll end this in a second here. But I had something similar where when I was a junior in high school, or in high school, in college, you reminded me about like the arm pain. And I had, I thought it was because I was dancing a bunch at the time. I had a dance class that I took and my arm just went, yeah, it was like numb on this side. It was just in a lot of pain. And I was like, oh, it's probably I pulled a muscle. And like long story short, I woke up and there was just like bloody veins on the side here. Oof. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck is happening? And I'm like, of course I'm so vain. I'm like, I look terrible. And I like literally, <laughs> See, I'm that's like, what, that's what the difference. hell is I, this? I, I guess that's <laughs> the difference between like you and me. I guess at that age, I would have been like, holy shit, am I turning into Superman? I know, right? And it? I'm just like, is this oh a superpower God. coming on? Um, This is not. And so I like, I put on some sweatpants and stuff and I went to the school infirmary as they called it um like you know we're in on the titanic and we is this like college yeah it was okay. college so i walked over and it was just so painful and i'm like what the fuck did i do to myself and they put me with somebody who was like a bone doctor i was like this is already stupid and this lady's like lifting me up she's like are you pregnant i'm like i'm not even having sex i'm not even that exciting i'm like putting my things up and then you know my arms and then i talked to this guy who I <laughs> what does that so have to shallow. do with your arm? You about right. to, are you about to have a shoulder baby? It was so <laughs> weird. Like I was like, man, now you're making me feel really bad that I'm not even wanted by anybody. Right. Like, I'm like, thanks. Like so, this like got this gorgeous doctor comes in. Like I almost forgot about. Like I know I'm like I don't know. He's from Australia. He had like this great accent. Of Who course, we? and he's just like. So this has nothing to do with your bones. And I'm like, oh, really? I guess I don't have a medical degree. I'm a theater major, but at least I knew that. And he's like, well, um, that's a blood clot, and it's kind of growing to your heart. So if you don't go to the hospital Ooh. today, you could die. And I was like, the fuck? I'm like, what is that? Every little pain <laughs> I get in, like, I had, like, a cramp or something in my inner thigh, and I was like, well, that's the blood clot. That's the yeah, one that's coming to get me. It was terrible. And all... Speaking of the same, they kept asking. And then I think it was because, like, apparently birth control can, like, do something like that. And I was, like, such yeah, a nerd it or can, something. It <laughs> can. Like, my wife can't yeah. take birth control. That's why I had a vasectomy. She yeah. can't take birth control because it, I mean, it fucks her up, man. Mine was a freak thing. And it was, like, I had to be on blood thinners. But it was the most dramatic day because, like, all my friends showed up. Like, they were all like, are you okay? Like, yeah, that, it was just terrible. That's, <laughs> that's such a strange age to... Well, that was why it was I, weird because people usually get them, I guess, in their legs or in their older. Yeah, so I always they were heard like, about people getting them in their legs. You're healthy. You don't have a bad history because I didn't smoke. I really didn't drink. So it was just like people were like, you're not. So what, what's going on? And I'm like, you're the doctor. Like, aren't Dude, you supposed that's, to that's know? That's so much something. Yeah. That like, I don't, like I'm, I'm kind of bad at like this sometimes too. I'll have. You know, like I do construction. You get dents and dings and you're a little bit like. You don't like, think twice about it. Oh, yeah. Too. I hurt all the time a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you let it go a couple days, and you're like, "Man, nah, it's starting to feel better." See, I knew yeah. what I, I know my body like that. I you're know like, my I meat just machine. Know. And you just, I mean, you just get to a point where you're so numb to injury that now I have to think of that. Like I have to be like, "Oh, like I broke my arm." I have to be like, "Oh, I can't like box the way I used to." Anymore. Yeah, I've had. Well, yeah. now it gives me like the every time I have a little bit of like a chest pain or something. I I thought my lung had collapsed again once because I was actually having a hard time. Uh, 
taking deep breaths and I'm like, yeah, I, I collapsed again. I got to call my doctor. And I went and he's like feeling around on me. He's a uh, DO. It's a doctor of osteopathy. Okay. Uh, but he's like feeling around on my back and he's like, oh, you have a displaced rib. Are you getting like a pinching pain in the middle of your back right here? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you have a displaced rib. I'll tell you what, <laughs> grab, grab your shoulder, take, take your left arm, grab your right shoulder. All right, lay back down. And he puts his palm under me and he's like, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to roll you over, all right, on my palm. And he just rolls me over on his palm. palm and I felt like the most satisfying pop. And then like, <gasps> and You're a like, full deep breath came back into me. I was like, holy this shit. This is what I've been missing out on. Yeah. yeah, for like a couple days, I was like, oh shit, it happened again. And it was one of the most satisfying, like A, like just my back popping or knuckles popping or whatever is like, oh, that, that's that's it for me, man. Every, like, every little, like every little like crack and pop, I'm like, I do feel like it's doing something positive for my body. And that's great. So that pop for me and then being able to take a full breath after that was fucking, it was amazing. <laughs> Well, I think that's the perfect note to end on. So, like, you know, um, well, Scott, I really appreciate you coming. I mean, I know that you had to take time from your bathroom and you're busy being like, there was something I read where it was the St. Louis Dispatch was like number two comedian right behind Kathleen Madigan yeah, in 2018. That is such a crazy, <laughs> I don't know how that, Max Price texted me about that. I thought yeah. he was fucking with me. And you're like. Because I'm like, uh, yeah, real funny. All right, you don't respect me as an artist. That's great. Fuck you too, Max. <laughs> That's not me. But no, he was like, no, dude. No, I, he was being 100 percent authentic. He was he's like, like <laughs> his heart was pure, and I was, I was like, whatever, fuck off. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're, not, you came in, you're like number two, and I, like, I have no clue how my name would have been up for to be on that list. And it's that's such a crazy list because it was like Kathleen Madigan was number one. By the way. She's from St. Louis, probably hasn't lived here in, I don't know, 30 years. Uh, number two was me, <laughs> who, by the way, is not, not, like, not a headliner. So we went from Kathleen Madigan, a theater act, a, a grizzled veteran in this business, all right? Uh, clubs and colleges all over the country. Uh, <laughs> to me, <laughs> who has done none of that shit. And and by the way, is not I'm not i it's not even true. And number three was Joe Marlotti, who's another local headliner. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I have no clue how the three of us would have wound up on the what same a combo. list. And by the way, Kathleen Mad- if Kathleen Madigan's on that list, that means that Cedric the Entertainer also needs to be on that list. That means like other there's other famous comedians from St. Louis. I know. And by the way, some of them have aren't even famous. That so, Nikki Glaser's from here. She could have been on that what? list. What is happening? Greg <laughs> Warren should have been on that I list. I agree, yeah. So that's such a strange, like, I, I would imagine that it's, there was 70 people voted. Kathleen Madison got 67. I got two, and Joe Marlotti got one, probably. Does that math work out? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> how it happened. But what I guess it's a credit. I was about to say, use it as a credit. I, I guess, but it's it's like clubs and colleges. Technically, it's not a lie. So you are. Uh, I've done those things. <laughs> number two of the St. Louis Post Dispatch, clubs and colleges, and then is can we find you anywhere on social media that you want us to follow? I know you're yeah. like I don't have a lot of followers, but uh, is there you, anything you, you want can, us to follow? Or you even can find things me on you have there. coming up. What do you want us to? Oh, follow? I do. I actually do have some shit coming up. I'm Perfect. doing the the Funny Bones uh, All Star 
show uh, Saturday. Now I got to find it. On, I meant to write this shit down. I'm tearing apart a bathroom, Molly. You got to understand. <laughs> yeah, uh, October 24th. I believe that's a Saturday night. I'll yes. be doing the Funny Bone All-Star Jam. I'll come. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that, I believe there's two shows. It's 7 and 9.30. There is. Uh, just check the Funny Bones website. That's... Yeah. And I'm doing a I'm doing a, a show in Festus that I got it nice. See now I gotta find that. I gotta plug all the good things. And I don't do. worry, if it's related to St. Louis, like if it's at the Funny Bone or Helium or anything, because I run the social media for the St. Louis Independent Comedy website, you can also look there as well and I will make sure to share it there. Yeah, I don't I don't know who plans things out this far in advance, but I'm also doing a <laughs> O'Fallon, Missouri at uh Rendezvous Wine and Spirits. I'll be doing uh the Black Friday show. So the day after Thanksgiving, I'll be doing that. And November 7th or I'm like 17th. With bated breath here. Is it the 7th? <laughs> I'll be or is in it Festus. The 17th? <laughs> I'll be in Festus, Missouri, doing the, uh, I believe, a VFW hall there. It's, uh, you know, look. Have I arrived into this industry? Yes, I believe I have. I'm doing a VFW hall in Festus, Missouri. And, but yeah, hey, you know, maybe that's going to be my market. Maybe I'm going to. I'm going to meet my first fan there you- <laughs> in Festus that night. You're going to start signing some autographs? Probably not because it's still COVID. Like I be- Festus, I bet, <laughs> the- I, bet the- I bet they don't wear masks. I bet they don't. Oh, and I'm going to be and they're going to be like, man, we thought you were cool. And then you put on. Sorry, guys. Oh, Scott the dictator over here. But uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. So please make sure to support Scott and all of his endeavors. And if you would like to support the podcast, just make sure that you casually subscribe. You can do that on your audio, wherever you stream. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can like on Facebook, follow on Instagram. Honestly, whatever social media train you want to jump on, just jump on it. But uh, I really appreciate your time, Scott. And what are you going to, duh, of course. What are you going to casually do now? That's what I always ask. Um, Actually, I'm trying to time this out right. I think I'm going to go, I got to eat. I keep forgetting to do that. Uh, I think I'm going to. I wish that was my problem. (laughs) I wish I forgot to eat. I think when I get home, I see what time I. It's 8.13 right now. Yeah, I don't have that much time. Nate, we went long. I'm sorry. Holy (laughs) shit. It's cool. I don't do anything. I'm He's like, it's fine. My family can wait. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. Yeah, my th- uh, kids are at home. I think my dog, I care. didn't feed my dog today. He's starving because you guys went two fucking hours. <laughs> oh, I just put the dog down before I came here. I just assumed. <laughs> too dark. I'm God too dark. damn, we should have quit. <laughs> this got sad real quick. I just put his dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. Have a great time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>